we not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 27, Fast 5, Lap 3. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe 2. And this episode is brought to you by Nicoderm. Whether you smoke occasionally or you're a two-pack-a-day guy, unfiltered, Nicoderm is manufactured by Alza Corporation based in Mountain View, California. It is marketed by Glasgow Smithkind, Aventus, and Pfizer. It was touted as the original nicotine transdermal system. Do you know what CQ stands for? Uh, control quality. Like, continued quitter. Oh. So shout out Nicoderm. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Do you have your patches on? you are like Han. Do you have your patches you on? You can quit. I don't have the patches on because I've never smoked. But you should put them on to stop you from smoking. Duh, I feel like that's not... I mean, shout out Nicoderm, first of all. But second of all, don't know if that's a great idea, but maybe. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe you don't the know until you try. The way you don't get hooked on smoking is to hook yourself on the, the nicotine patches. So, exactly. You know, who knows? I heard of really, like, a lot of cool stories about people like putting them on their friends when they're asleep because they give you like these oh. really vivid dreams. So can you imagine... like, boy. And they would put like four or five of them on their friend and you're just like, ripped in the middle of the night. Oh, boy. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, so this is the continuation of our ride-along lap. We are going to be joined by the Mikester a little bit later after the break. But first, we have our opening uh, segment, our, our intro stuff. The things you've come to know about uh, Too Fast, Too Forever yep. since we started doing it this way. So first up, extracurricular activities. I told you, oh, I forgot all about that. So I went to L.A. again for yeah. 27 hours, and I saw five celebrities, like five celebrities, some celebrities oh, with a capital C, yeah. and some not really. But I forgot that when Mike comes on later, we're going to play a guessing game. Because I told you, but I did not tell Mike who yeah. they were. So. I, could, I can't handle like this kind of bullshit surprise stuff, so like I needed to know. So uh, Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I'm just seeing what else I did since last... Because I, I feel like I haven't done a ton... Oh boy! I, the only other thing of note I think I did since the last time I saw is I saw Greta in theaters, which was that new uh, Isabel Huppert, Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Monroe movie, where Greta is like Isabel Huppert and she goes crazy. Do you seen trailers for this or no? Nope, not at all. I don't watch trailers, brother. You know that. Not I know. I know. But you're sort of you're aware of things, and yeah. you know. Thank you for following my lead. But it's a movie where uh, Isabel Huppert leaves uh, purses on the subway, and then she finds young girls who have basically have mommy issues and sort of adopts them and then things go crazy from there. Oh, cool. And Sounds it's really fun and really cool and she's great and then she's crazy. She's like this she's this amazing actual like really really good talented French actress uh just like really, you know, for lack of a better word, uh Nick Caging it up a little bit. Like she was supposed to be in a movie with Nick Cage and then that that movie fell apart and I'm so devastated that it didn't happen because Ugh. the world deserves uh the two of them in the movie together because yeah. Obviously, on the Cage Club Podcast Network, we love Nicolas Cage around these parts, you know, genuinely and unabashedly. Yeah. Um, and I really want to see him in a movie with her. But that's kind of all I did. You did some things since we last recorded two weeks ago. What have you been up to? I went to, you, you guys know that I'm a big hockey fan. And so I went to the NHL outdoor game, the Stadium Series game. In Philly, right? Yeah. A couple times a year, they play a game and they play it outside. And so um, we went to Lincoln Financial, which is where the Eagles play, and they set up a rink in the middle of it, and they play like a regular season game there. And so um, Matt came up from Atlanta to meet us, and Rachel and I drove down. Oh yeah, I forgot that Matt flew up. Like I, I saw Matt at the game, and I was just thinking he was still up there. I forgot that he came up for this. That's cool. Yeah. So he came up, we went to the game, Penguins lost in overtime, and they like blew a lead late in the game, so that sucked. But um, overall the game was fun. 
the crowd was hilarious. Uh, Philadelphia is known for having very rowdy fans, right? So everybody was actually super friendly. Uh, there was definitely some people there that we suspected smoked meth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there's just like, you know, some very aggressively turned people. But for the most part, like everybody around us was really cool and chill. Cool. So we did that. Oh, uh, just a tip for anyone. If you go to Philadelphia and you're going to go, you're going to get a cheesesteak. Everybody's going to tell you where to get cheesesteaks. Don't listen to them. Don't go to Pat's. Don't go to Gina's. Ishkabibble. That's the spot. Go to Ishkabibble. Ishkabibble used to have Will Smith's picture on the wall, all these celebrities. Ishkabibble is the cheesesteak spot. Go there. Pat's and Gina's are good, though. No, they're terrible. So Ishkabibbles, get a gremlin. And if you say, like, yeah, and I'll get a gremlin to drink, then you'll be cool. They'll, they'll think you know what you're doing. That's all you need to do. Well, I mean, in Hollywood news, Will Smith was just replaced by Idris Elba, our boy Idris Elba, in the new Suicide Squad 2 movie. Oh, so, sick. Nice. Uh, maybe there's an Idris Elba picture on the wall now in Ishkabibble. So no, they knows? took all the pictures down. I was actually kind of sad about it. They've done it like, within That's the past couple shame. years. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, super well. tiny, though. There's like five seats total. It's like a bar counter. And like hmm. people would usually just get them to go, but like I always wind up sitting there. Like there's always a seat for me. It's really strange. But that and oh, the other thing that I've been doing is that you guys know that I love trash movies and television, and I found this new show. It's called Temptation Island. And the premise of this show, Joey, is it's some couples that are like you know trying to figure out where they're going. Like maybe like one of them wants to get married and the other one doesn't. Whatever. They pressure cook them in so much chaos. It's amazing. So they split the couple up, okay? There's, like, four couples. Mm -hmm. They split the couple up, then they put all the girls in a house with, like, 12 ripped, super horned-up dudes, okay? And they put the guys in the equivalency, like, of a house full of, like, 12... Jacked-up dudes. Yeah, jacked-up dudes. No, like, super sexually aggressive women, okay? Okay. And then, like, you know, so, like, you know, the, like, the guys are like, no, we're, like, not going to cheat on our girlfriends, like, you know, starting out and stuff like that. And then what happens is, like, it, every couple days, they they edit together, like, a very small video clip of, like, the most fucked up thing that could have happened to their boyfriend. And then they show it to the other person in the couple, like, away hmm. from them. So, like, you'll see this video and he'll be like, oh, like, I really want to get to know you. And then they'll just, like, cut it away. And the girl will be like, what the fuck was that? And the host is like, just remember... There's more that happened before and after that, but we just show you that clip. Like, and they're like instigating this. So I've been super hooked on this because it's just, it's just chaos. It's so beautiful. Is it on now or was only on? Oh, it came back. It was like an old, it was a show. And then now they have, I've never seen the previous one. I'm just watching like the season that's on now. Okay. On USA. And it's just, it's so fucking rowdy, dude. Cause it was on around in the early 2000s. I'm looking right now. And it was hosted by, I, I've heard the name before, Mark L. Wahlberg, not Mark Wahlberg. The other, is yes. he hosting the new season yes, too? Yes, he is. And he's so I've really heard of the show, and I've heard of him. Yeah, he's he's a good host. No, he's really good, and he's really good at like like he like digs into them. Like he's like he's like oh like does that make you feel shitty? And she's like I don't want to talk about it. He's like well your boyfriend's over there talking about it with other girls. And pretty much every video that they see, the dudes are like fuck this, and every video that the girls see, they just cry. You should really watch Unreal, which I think we've talked about maybe on here before. But Unreal is a scripted show yes. on Lifetime that's over now. I think they're all on Hulu now because they the the fourth season was dumped entirely at once because last year season three and four came out and when they moved it to hulu hulu put out the entire fourth season in a single day yeah you told me this. Uh, but it's the it's the scripted story about bachelor bachelorette and it's that kind of thing it's the production of it all so it's like the Dude, it's so they're good. all they're manufacturing the things behind the scenes so i think if you like i mean obviously you like trashy tv of course check out lifetime it also touches on like actual like it's really well made and touches on like actual serious issues and stuff like that but it's also if you just want to see like sort of how the sausage is made if you will 
uh, check that out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, if you guys, if anybody's listening and is bored, it's probably not the same audience. But Temptation Island, I recommend it. Can you stream it anywhere legally or no? No, I'm just I'm watching it on Sling. You're just on watching USA. on TV. Yeah, on yeah. Sling on USA. They have it all like on uh, you know on demand or whatever. So like I've been watching that. It's gotcha. fucking awesome, dude. It's it's just chaos. They do everything they can to fuck with these people and like make it as like uncomfortable as possible for them. So well, it doesn't sound fun to me. But if you're <laughs> into that kind of thing, uh, go it's check peak. out Temptation Island. Top tier. Top tier, I promise. You do, you've been doing anything else? I know you got uh, some other stuff coming up. So the next episode, we're recording a little bit early. So if you're listening to this as it comes out on Tuesday, we're going to record the next episode on Friday. So if you want to get mail in, this is basically I'm talking to Wes right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to write mail in for the next episode, it's got to be in those first couple days because you are going to go on a trip that we'll talk about in two episodes. Yeah, I'll talk about it in two episodes. I already mentioned it. I already mentioned that I was going, but I didn't, I haven't talked about it in a while. So So have you done anything else in the last two weeks? or are we? No, uh... that's it. We're caught up. That was it. I just wanted to pitch All Temptation Island. I'm, I don't work for them, but I'm telling you, it's fucking good. We have a Patreon page here. If you don't know Patreon, Patreon is a way that you can support the things that you like. And so if you have a couple extra dollars and you want to kick them our way, patreon.com slash too fast to forever. Uh, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes I'm going to talk to Mike and Joe too about uh, after we record tonight. Um, so merch may be closer than we think. Cool. Um, so good. if you want stickers, t-shirts, whatever, patreon.com slash too fast to forever. Also, Yes. Uh, we're going to do a new thing, a new segment on the show. Before we get to the mailbag, we're going to do a review check. So, Oh, yeah, I forgot we're doing review checks. That's right. We are doing a review check. So okay. if you if you don't want to support the Patreon, if you don't fine. want merch, yeah. whatever, totally, cool. totally fine. What would really, truly, genuinely help us is if you go to iTunes or wherever, but pretty much iTunes, and go on there and rate and review our podcast. Give it five stars. Rate whatever you want. So we're going to go on there. Every episode, we're going to go on to iTunes, and we're going to check and see if people have written new reviews Good or bad, we're going to read them on the air. It's sort of like mailbag, but it's public mailbag. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So on iTunes, Too Fast, Too Forever, we're up to 13 ratings, all oh, five stars, Joe. Oh, cool. No, last I checked was 11 when we were talking last time. So we have two new reviews as well. Oh, cool. So number one That's from, I was, I was telling this to you, I think, uh, someone whose name is basically I Fucks Yo Bitch. Yes. <laughs> I-F-U-X-Y-O-B-I-T-C-G. <laughs> yes. Uh cool um so this this we knew he was like a dedicated hardcore fan of the movies because he says listening to episode this is the review listening to episode two bravo for the quote 35 large convo about 2f2f great job five stars thank you and i couldn't remember exactly but then i remembered that we were talking when about they how were much racing yeah in the beginning and they're like we're racing for 35 large yeah. and then it's only 3500 we're like no that's supposed to be 35 grand yes it is but but they're racing for $3,500 Somebody each, else so wrote us in and told us that that's still a large amount of money for a street race. Remember, we had all these things. Yeah. Thank you, uh, I fucks yo bitch. Thank you for listening you and didn't, for reviewing. Actually. And if you did, then I'm going to go on Temptation Island. So there you go. Full circle. <laughs> and then our other review is from someone who might have emailed us today. Uh, from Jenny McMullen, super fan Jenny. Uh, she says, I'm a super fan. Five stars. Oh, nice. I really just enjoy listening to these guys talk, laugh, and go off subject like the great friends they are are bound to do. I followed them from their first podcast, Zack Attack, about Zac Efron. I haven't even seen all the series of movies, but if you have, boy, do they have a podcast <laughs> for you. What a nice so thank touch you, Jenny, there. That was really for good. writing that in. I liked it. Thank you, So Jenny. here's another thing I was thinking. What? So that's a great way. Like, that's a perfect way to end a review. Another one is if you want to write, and they podcast like the wind blows. 
<laughs> that would be really funny. Maybe I'll get Rachel. Would to also write be that great. One. Yeah. But if you go on iTunes, if you give, if you give us a review, hopefully, I mean, literally, write whatever you want. But if you give us five stars, it helps the algorithm. More written reviews help too. So ratings, reviews, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, iTunes, wherever. If you write a review somewhere else, uh, let us know, and I will find that up and you know, email us at family at cageclub.me. I'll find that, read that on air. But it feels like, for the most part, Apple sort of not invented podcasts, but invented podcast distribution or like really brought us to the mainstream. And so that seems to still be the area where the most That's where I listen. traction goes. So uh, go to iTunes, review us, and we'll read it on air. And thank you to uh, I fucks yo bitch and also to Jenny for <laughs> reviewing our show. Yeah, thank you both. So we have a mailbag. We have an email address here on the show. I I mentioned family at cageclub.me. We've got a handful of emails. I don't know the exact number because there's some that I might not have to read. Okay. But uh, first up from Wes, subject line F and F live. Okay. Which this is something that we talked about for sure on Facebook. But I don't know. I think we talked about it maybe on here, but we just kind of forgot about it entirely. No, we didn't forget about it, but we talked about it. We talked about it. I forgot about it. He says, this is a weird bit of news that I just stumbled on, but doesn't really fit with my normal bi-weekly email. Someone on the FNF subreddit recently shared some footage from the FNF live show premiere from London a little over a year ago. So if 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 you're listening and you don't know what this is, it was kind of like a circus or kind of like... Monster uh, Jam. We talked about it. We were going to go to it, right? But there wasn't one near us. It was going to be at Madison Square Garden, I think. No, but there wasn't one that was like near us. Like, we had missed the Madison Square Garden one, and there wasn't. Remember, there was like something wrong with it. Like, we couldn't go for some reason. It's basically, uh, it's sort of like a a ballet. Disney on ice. (laughs) Yes. So he says, I'd forgotten all about the tour since it wasn't scheduled to come anywhere near me, but after seeing some of the foot, and that also seems like a miss. Like, how are you not going to go to like Austin Texas or Dallas, like yeah. Austin or Dallas or Houston? Like that feels like a, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. But after seeing some of the footage, I'm not that broken up about okay, it. Cool. Here's about 40 minutes worth of clips. I didn't watch it all. Just skipped around. It's not really a stunt show so much as a weird stage play slash car ballet. There's some visually interesting bits, like the Too Fast-inspired part with the cars lit up neon and the Tokyo Drift scene, but even that gets kind of boring at low speeds. And he puts in a, a YouTube link here that I can put on our Facebook page. Yeah, so down. check that out. I want to watch some of it, too fast, sure. too forever. I'm going to do the same thing Wes did. Yeah. He says, after watching that, I started Googling to find out how the tour went, and apparently it did not go well. <laughs> I guess a bunch of dates got canceled, ah. and the investors lost a lot of money. They just auctioned off the cars from the show last month. You can still see the listings but it doesn't show what the final bids were, unfortunately. A lot of the cars were kind of pieced together to make them look cool for cheap, but there are apparently some screen-used cars in there as well. Too bad I hadn't caught this sooner. You two could have picked up matching Dodge Chargers to pull all your heavy valuables around with. And he puts two links all of our about sponsor. All of our the sponsor auctions. Bags type things. Yeah. Why, I don't know why we weren't sponsored by Fast and Furious Live. That seems like a, a missed opportunity on their part. But Well, yeah. they didn't do very well, so that's why. That's why they did not tap into the 2F2F fan base in our... 13 five-star reviews on <laughs> iTunes. So thank you, Wes, for letting us know about Fast and Furious Live. Basically, the takeaway there is that I'm not sad we didn't see it because it doesn't sound great. Um, but if you want to check out the YouTube sure video, go fun, to... But yeah, I agree. I'm actually going to go post this. I'm going to schedule the post on our Facebook page the morning this episode comes out, uh, Tuesday the 12th. Okay. You can go onto our Facebook page. Just check it out if you want to check it out. So Cool. That's a good idea. Um, good job. Yeah. And that way I don't have to remember it on Tuesday. Next email also from Wes. This is his episodic check-in. He says, four fast, four furious. What up, fam? What up, fam? Hopefully that was a Gmail auto-suggestion. <laughs> I actually watched the movie along with you this week, and I'm totally with Mike on this one. I really enjoyed it. 
much more than I remembered. I think being already invested in the future of their relationships makes this installment feel more important as the foundation for what comes after. I agree. It may climb my ranking after this lap. Here are some notes. Okay. Also, side note, I wonder if Mike listens to these intros. Hi, Mike. Uh, let us know if you listen to these, because <laughs> I feel like sometimes Wes is talking to you, and I wonder if he listens. So, Who knows? Mike, let us know. Joey, I'm sorry that you can't accept defeat on the Sean's dad timeline issue, but I respect your commitment to your point of view, even if it's wrong. Well, thank you, sir. I'm going to keep fighting that good fight because I've got nothing else going for me. (laughs) You mentioned Dom's necklace in Brian's car at the end of the movie. Funny enough, this is the first time I noticed it, too. You're right that Letty hung it in Dom's charger when she fixed it up, and Brian is driving Dom's charger at the end of the movie, which is why he has the necklace and not Mia. I even saw it written somewhere that when the sh- when they show Dom sitting in the prison bus, he smirks because he recognizes the sound of his car's engine, which I don't know if that's true, but I wouldn't be surprised, which if that is true, that's awesome. Like, he just hears, like, that's my car. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, that would be awesome. That's that's the Gone in 60 Seconds thing where, like, remember when Cage and what's-his-name are, like, you know, what is this car and their Ferrari 365? Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I just think it's, like, like if it was just, like, his, that one yeah. specific car, right? Like, yeah, it's really basically, cool. Basically... Basically, Cage is Eldenor from Gone in 60 Seconds. Pretty much. You were wondering about the girl in Han's car. Well, surprise, surprise, I can answer your question. I know I sent you a way too in-depth breakdown of the Leo slash Santos naming inconsistencies. Yes. But the part I didn't include was that they messed with her name as well. The character is played by the actor Mirtha Michelle, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that she's introduced in Los Bandoleros, which... makes absolute sense. Makes sense, yeah. I don't think she's ever named in either that or Fast and Furious, so just going off the credits, her character is credited as Mirtha in Los Bandoleros and Cara, or Cara, in Fast and Furious. It's one thing to be kind of loose with the timelines, but it can't be that hard to keep character names consistent, (laughs) right? That's like creative writing 101. Which, yeah, I mean, you know, Leo and Santos and now Kara, it's like, what are you what are you doing, guys? I don't know, man, but I, I like it. I liked it. I, I like that the things that we think... So sometimes, like, when I think about, like, how a movie's made, I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, there had to be, like, a hundred people, like, you know, watching and reading the old movies to, like, make sure stuff fits. And in reality, it's probably, like, one intern who, like, doesn't give a fuck, right? I imagine yeah. that everybody treats how they're gonna make the next movie as a new team like how Kim treated, you know, the facts of the Furious. Like, there's, like, just an incubator of just people just like, no, we have to make sure we get, like, the nicknames right and stuff. And I'm sure it's not, so. Right. There, There's all levels of uh, work and effort and dedication. It does feel like, for a movie this size, maybe get it right. Yeah, and this budget, you know, right? Like, keep some fucking names right. Like, that's, I think, I think that's the job of the script supervisor, maybe, or maybe that's just making sure names. I don't know, actually, if that's the job, but that might Who be the knows? job. I don't know. Yeah. On the subject of Han's timeline, I think you're 100% right about the nod to Japan just being their way of letting everyone know this takes place before Tokyo Drift, and in all likelihood, they really didn't know if they were keeping Han around for more movies or anything beyond this one. Exactly. I imagine Justin Lin just thought it would be a cool little Easter egg for the returning fans without any thought to how it might affect the later timeline. I don't think they even really had a concept that they would be that there would be a later timeline to affect. I personally don't think he ever went to Japan between this point and Tokyo Drift, because he talks about Japan being his Mexico like in old westerns, which I take to mean it's the last place he runs to disappear once his cowboy days are done. Which is, that's kind of what I was saying, right? That you and yeah. Mike were like, you can go to a place more than once, but it felt like he went there, like he was going to go there when all else 
failed on all of their options. Yeah. You know, that was going to be his, his final spot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, makes sense. I agree with Wes there. So I might not agree with you guys around Sean's dad, but me and Wes are at least on the same team here. So cool. go team us. He's still running scams, but he's pretty much retired. But now, having just rewatched that scene, I could see him meaning it more in the sense of Tokyo being his safe space where he goes to let the heat die down and recharge. However, to me, it's more poetic if he keeps putting off going to Japan at different points in his life because he feels like once he gets there, he'll never leave. Oh, a little foreshadowing. And once he loses Giselle, he's sort of lost meaning in his uh, he's sort of lost meaning in his life, so he's gone to Japan to die. Maybe not consciously, but Japan is, is him sort of giving up on his ambitions, and he's just running out the clock with a bunch of high schoolers. And to answer your question, <laughs> Han and Giselle are in Hong Kong at the beginning of Fast and Furious ah, 6. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And I agree with it. That's that's very yeah. That's a very deep look into it, but I can see all mm-hmm. of it that, like, you know, he's he knows he's going to die there. That's why it's his yeah. Mexico. And the, the word choice leads us to believe that you guys are right. There are a lot of little things you guys mention and wonder about that are actually answered in Los Bandoleros, but I know you'll watch it eventually, so I don't want to spoil anything by filling you in on those little details. Okay, good. Suffice it to say that you'll get a little more background filled in about some characters. Los Bandoleros is far and away the better of the two shorts from the franchise, because there's also a turbocharged which is the Paul Walker goes to, yeah, the Brian O'Connor goes to Miami yeah. thing between one and two, and Wes was telling me that he, that's it's short, it's not great, but the Los Bandoleros is uh, really, really good. So I'm looking forward to bo- watching both of those at some point. Cool. I'm ready to watch them now. Like, I'm getting yeah. into it. One question I will answer that I think is addressed in the short is that there is a span of five years between the events of the first movie and this one. I also recently read somewhere that they moved the year of the first movie up to match the release year of this one. So one one takes place in 2004, four takes place in 2009. So it came out, one came out in 01, but they moved it up, so it's like a little more compressed timeline, I guess. So okay, that, you know. makes sense. This is also the first time I caught this. There's about 30 seconds worth of the party happening outside the club before they cut to the interior to show Brian and Dom meeting Campos or Brock. That's where the, that's where the TVs or the headlights. Yeah, I remember this. Yep. In that shot, you can see they're filming in front of the Patty's Pub exterior from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I no guess. Way. So there's a couple different things. So I guess they're probably filming in LA because the early seasons, like the pilot of Sunny, the unaired pilot of Sunny that they brought to FX was shot in Philly. I think they might have shot the first season or two in Philly and then they moved to LA. So I'm uh. guessing it's just maybe on that soundstage. I don't know, but if it feels. We gotta watch that next like yeah. next lap if we remember that. Yeah, for sure, dude. That's crazy. I didn't catch that. I mean, like, obviously we didn't catch that. We had talked about right. it, but yeah. Wes says Mike and I were a hundred percent on the same page this episode because it really struck me how similar the plot of this movie is to Too Fast. I know it was a different creative team involved, but I just wonder if this is similar at all to the version of the Too Fast script they supposedly wrote that included Vin Diesel. Which yeah, uh-huh. maybe. Because remember we point. talked about for two that there were two scripts they used the one without him yes. when he wasn't around. So good point. I didn't remember that. Go ahead. Wes writes, and lastly, I can't speak for the speediness of this method, but I can tell you from frustrating experience in parentheses followed by a, lit- a bit of light googling that fax machines are still very much in use <laughs> with medical staff and law enforcement among others. They are. It's supposedly partly a secure issue and also partly laziness or a lack of resources to find and switch to a more efficient method. We use fax machines. Um, a lot of my orders that like I place for things to, to buy for the lab still go through fax. Like, cool. how fucked is that, right? Super cool. Yes, yeah, 
super cool. Do you get bonus airline miles for sending through fax? No, you don't. And the thing is, like, it's like they have, like, this really, like, shitty interface now to, like, place the order. And then, like, it eventually goes to, like, someone, like, you know, they approve it, whatever. And then they just print out the order and fax it to the company. Like, how fucking lame is that? Cool. Super cool. It's, like, That's... all digital until the point where it's, like, oh, give it to them. And then they fax it to them. Instead of just emailing. But that's the thing, them. yeah. Like, there's, it's that's it's frustrating. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's different yeah. if I was like writing these out and they were like, oh, we just like scan and fax them. No, it's like there's a whole bunch of like front end technology and then faxes in the middle of it. That's all for this episode. I look forward to hearing you talk about the gold standard Ooh. of FNF movies next time around. Stay furious, Wes, and he includes a car picture, cool, which we will guess later. So awesome. thank you, Wes. Shout out, Wes for writing in. Thank you, Wes. Uh, so then the next, the rest of the emails are from Jenny. There's either three or four. I don't think we're going to read the fourth one. I think it's a clarification of something, but okay, we'll get there. So first email, like family. She says, hi, guys. Hello, Jenny. After listening to you read my last email, I want to let you know that I don't listen to this podcast because of the movies, but because you're like family, which Aww. is super sweet. I just made hard hands. I just hands. like the way you guys, what's that? I just made hard hands. Yeah. When you're here, just like family. Uh, Bella, like Bella Thorne in uh, Assassination Nation when she's on the trampoline. Ooh, yeah, true. I just talked about that with Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party podcast. So this Friday the fifteenth, if you want to hear us talk about a movie that most people haven't heard of, but that it was Joe really and good. I love, I liked it Mike a loves. lot. Rachel loved it. Brian, I, I said that Brian told me that it quote ruined him. He actually really liked it. It was just it was difficult for him to watch. He didn't understand parts of it. Okay, uh, but we had a really good conversation. So cool. It was a good chat. I ju- this back to the email. Jenny says, I just like the way you guys talk and joke and go off topic. That and the fact that you have cats. Cat people are my people. There's a little cat face cats. emoji I just in there. them off the bed. Loved Joe's comment about his cats being hood rats and eating anything. They do. They do eat anything. They're such assholes, dude. They Like, Milo, like, I came home, and he was, like, going to puke, and I was like... Like, God damn it, don't. And then he, like, runs to the carpet and then puked there. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. even worse, you fucking idiot. My cat's been having, you know, tummy issues yeah. for a while. And so now I'm like, just please, like, I have hardwood most of my Same. house. Same! I just have a rug in front of the couch. So it's like you ran in front of the couch and, like, puke on <sighs> that. Like, motherfucker. <sighs> yep. Okay. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Thank you. Now, going back a minute, I listened to all three parts of the crossover event. Oh, so cool. Shout out, Jenny. Good. Crossover events work, so Hope thank you. Like you. If you are just listening to this and you did not know about our crossover event, which I don't know how that would be possible, but uh, for Tokyo Drift, we had episodes on High School Slumber Party and Third Times a Charm. It was a lot of fun. About cageclub.me and every good podcasts. Uh, where we talked about this uh, Tokyo Drift in three different ways with the same people. So that was really cool. She said, really liked part three, which was Mike's episode. Yeah, The Third good. Times of Charm. We'll tell Even them. listened to Thunderdome episodes on Third Ooh. Times of Charm now. She says, saw the Mad Max movies way back when and liked them, so kind of nostalgic listening about them. So cool. Uh, thank you, Jenny, for dipping into the archives. Yeah, nice. Okay, back to this episode. As for, quote, Juicy Boys, which is definitely a you quote, because I don't think I've ever said Juicy Boys until right now. <laughs> I do like watching Paul Walker with those pretty blue eyes and Jason Statham with his accent, stubble, and overall cool, but not enough to watch for. I think this is, again, proof that you were like, Jason Statham's not the sex symbol, and Mike and I were like, I think oh, no, yeah. he absolutely is. I don't know. I was like, I had to ask Rachel about it, and she's like, yeah, I, like, I get it. Like, he definitely is, like, you know, attractive, and I just didn't see it. He's not something that I imagine girls would be like, oh, he's really... Like, he, to me, he's more on the lines of, like, Liam, Liam Neeson than he is no. of, like, George Clooney, right? That's what I'm. Ugh. This is what I'm. This is this is my spectrum. I often can't gauge male attractiveness because like people that girls find attractive, the women find attractive. I'm like I don't I don't I don't understand it. Unless he's like Zeph. 
Well, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do. But, like, Statham, I get it. You know what I mean? Really? Also, Statham's married to... Yeah. Also, Statham's married to Rosie Huntington Whiteley, the Victoria's Secret model. So, like... Yeah, BDE, man. Very handsome couple. Also, yeah, that's another thing. Like, Pete Davidson getting it with, you know, Ariana Grande and now with Kate Beckinsale, so... <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that kid doing? Aim for the stars, my boy. Dude, I just... I always tell Rachel, like, you know that Pete Davidson and I are equally as screwed up in the head. So, like, if you leave me... Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, like, like these, these are my. They, they like him. Good luck with that. They like good him. Luck. There's a good shot that they would like me. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm not six two and a hundred pounds, but sure. My friend just sent us a, a picture from the Onion on Instagram that it's a picture of them kissing at the Rangers game. Yeah. And the headline is Tabloid reveals Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale only dating as PR stunt to promote New York Rangers. Oh, which I think is pretty funny. well played. Jenny says, well, that's all for now on this email. Later, Jenny. So thank you, Jenny, for writing in. I'm glad that you're listening, even though these movies aren't for you. And I'm glad that we found your take on some of these uh, juicy boys, to use Joe's (laughs) word again. Next email from Jenny says, Tidbit. Hi, guys. Came across this Tidbit while surfing. Did you know this was his real name? (laughs) Ha ha. Later, Jenny. Something that I I knew at one point, but I always forget. What? Um, This is, uh, it's, it's, she was reading about... So this is something that we talked about on Watch the Throne, the clip show. Remember where uh, Vin Diesel was on Ellen's show? Yes. And we're talking about the kiss, and then uh, and she apparently said he's a Shirley Sterling, yeah. like, a, kissing a dead fish or whatever. Yeah. He was like, what? And he like got all upset. In this one, he says that Charlize, quote, enjoyed it, but maybe it's, you know, Tale of Two Cities. Do you know uh, Vin Diesel's real name? I knew this. Like, I would not be able to, like, if oh, this was... Fuck. I think it's something Italian. I don't remember it, though. If it was, who wants to be a millionaire and there are four choices, I would get it, but if you were just like, what no. is it? I would not, not get it. Not off the top of my head, no. Mark Sinclair. Damn. I thought it was something Italian. No. Is it Mark M-A-R-C um, or M-A-R-K? M-A-R-K. I think he's, like, I want to say he's... I don't know if he's Italian. I think he's he might so be, Italian like... He's looking to me, right? I, I want to say he's, like, Dominican or something? Maybe. Who knows? Vin Diesel um, ethnicity. His mother is white with English, German, Scottish, and Irish ancestry. His adoptive oh, adopt father. What? That's very interesting. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, but yeah, Mark Sinclair. But his name gave us no clues either if there's an adoptive father, so who knows. I did know that, but uh, I forgot it, so thank you for reminding us, Jenny. I think that's no, a... thanks for telling never us. Never forget Mark again. Sinclair. Mark Sinclair. Who's the... Isn't that... Who's something Sinclair? There's a DJ named Sinclair something. And it's like Mark. It's... I don't know. There's... Something Sinclair. And the last email is from Jenny Review. She says, Hi guys, I finally figured out how to leave a review. I recalled only seeing them on ones I was looking up, and that's how I figured it out. I gave you five stars, of course. Thank you. She says, Hope you like it. By the way, I'd say Wes is your 2F2F super fan. Really like how into it he is. Hi, Wes. Later, Jenny. Oh, look, family, family connection right there. Yeah. I like it. So thank you, Wes. Thank you, Jenny, for writing in, for leaving us reviews, because Wes left us a review a couple episodes ago. So yeah, thank you. If both. you want to email us, family at cageclub.me, we'll read it on air. Or if you don't want us to, we won't. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. We'll check the reviews next time. And we also have the Patreon, patreon.com slash forever. So listener roundup, essentially, is that is that little corner. Yeah. I like it. Okay, we have On the Streets and Rock the Vote. So first, we're going to do Rock the Vote. I'm going to go to news.google.com. Wayne Johnson, president. Let's see what's going on in the news. And no. Uh, Jonas Brothers parody year 3000. That was from 10 hours ago, but that's not about this. Who's more likely to be the next president, Tom Brady or Jay Inslee? Betting sides place the odds as long for both. Nothing about this. I'm going to search The Rock president. 
No, nothing. Nothing new. So the Rock's still not running for president. In case you're wondering. Damn. Um, so we have uh, at least three things to talk about in the world of the Fast and the Furious. So something we found out. What? Uh, right before we released the last episode is that, and this is not to bring it down oh, for a second. Shit. We're yeah, bring it down totally, for a second. We didn't, we didn't talk about it yet, and we need to address it for sure. So Rob Cohen, the director of the first Fast and Furious movie, his trans daughter came in on Facebook and said that throughout her childhood. Rob Cohen, like, psychologically and sexually abused her. Um, and it's, you know... Uh, it was everyone, heavy. It was very it's, heavy. It's innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, if this is true, uh, he's an absolute monster. Yeah, I mean, you just have to be a shitty person to do that. And Yeah, and it's terrible. And you can you can find the post uh, probably floating around the internet. I didn't. It didn't make big waves. I don't think it didn't. Um, it was weird. Someone it, sent me it. I saw it. I saw it somewhere too. It was just like um, she posted on her page or in a group or something. It was just like, and it at, she didn't even refer to like Rob Co. Like she didn't say who her dad was. She was just like, my dad did this. You know, it sucks. And I think you made a good point that you know we shouldn't give him like if, if this is true or you know for anybody who does these terrible things especially in we're in an era with me too and with you know believe the women and i firmly agree and side with all that and i think that when this type of news comes out uh don't support future things that that person does but i also think it's hard in retrospect to look back and you just can't, be like oh we can't watch the first movie again anymore yeah you can't like you know? delete them you can stop from supporting them in the future but, like, what they have done, they have done. So, you know, you're not going to, like, burn all the art beforehand or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it still exists. You just have to acknowledge that, like, he's if this is true, then he's a piece of shit. So. And the other thing to keep in mind is that, like, the director of a movie is obviously a very important person behind the scenes. Yes. But there are hundreds, yes. if not thousands of people, yes. especially in the later ones with a lot of CGI, that, like, so many people go into making a movie. So, like... You know, if a director's a terrible person, like, it comes out, like, for a new movie or whatever, like, you can boycott that actor. movie. Yeah, like, even yeah. if, like, an actor is a shitty person, that's fine, but, like, you have to remember that every production supports, you know, hundreds of probably great people. And know? families, like, and families. families. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can't so. really, like, hurt them at the same time. I still wouldn't support them actively, but, like, it feels bad, and, like, you don't right. want to, you don't want to, like, belittle their work towards the film too so exactly we just want to sort of put out there that we are aware of these you know allegations against rob cohen don't have any interest in talking to him i know that he's been on a couple other you know fast and furious related podcasts and stuff you know in the in the, in the recent past i'm glad like i that would have been like again like this is not to make it about us but like it would have been such a bummer if we had like a great interview with him and then like a month later we're like ah oh, fuck like he's a piece yes. of shit you know what i mean like <laughs> really really awful there's bigger issues here than our our you know, theoretical we hurt feelings. This. Yeah. But uh, it just it just sucks. Like, it just, it's... Um, I'm just glad that people like his daughter have the courage to come forward. Amen. And, you know, just men, be better. Just be better. Just everyone be better. Just don't be shitty. You know, everybody has a mom, sister, yeah. you know, friend that's a girl, anything. So just like, you know, would you want anybody to be a scumbag to them? Exactly. And that's all I think about, so. Got two more things. Uh, both way lighter in topics so yeah. you whenever you t- whenever you write the word Hobbs like of Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> you add the E in there and I'm like you gotta learn how to spell this because when you post on Facebook you're representing the brand Joe this is a brand play I, I'm a terrible dude you know this like look I'm really good at spelling long scientific words I'm really bad at spelling like names and normal words like I'm really terrible with it you're misspelling your poor spelling tactics behaviors 
led to some inspiration. Okay. I want to make something on here. It only works audio because it won't work in writing because they're spelled different. But I want to do something, a Calvin and Hobbes and Shaw, where it's a mashup of Calvin and Hobbes and Hobbes and Shaw. And, you know, Hobbes is that middle thread, either the tiger or the rock, uh, and just Calvin and Hobbes and Shaw. So I don't know if you want to hashtag that. Don't know how you would spell it because it's spelled two different ways. Uh, But just, you know, put that out in the world. Calvin and Hobbes and Shaw. I just spell it one way. It's the same way. Yeah. And the final thing, I told you this last night, so uh, I love MasterChef. You know, in terms of... Oh, yeah. tend to not watch sort of, for lack of a better word, filler TV, um, yeah. you know, reality and sort of stuff like that, like that I know that you just yeah. like brand, Brainbush, like Temptation Island. Uh, but I, I, I'm a sucker for uh, for MasterChef. And so before the new season comes on, they like to do this, like, quote-unquote celebrity cook-off. Yeah. It's not great. I'll just say it's not great because uh, <laughs> it's, it's two hours when it really should be, like, an hour 20. And it's so much fluff and it's just, like, it's... It's not masturbatory, but it's just like, oh, yeah. look how cool we are. Look at all our famous friends. But they're not famous. It's like, like Cheryl Hines, who's also from, like, a Fox show or whatever. Or, like, <laughs> Tiki Barber. It's like, well, okay. Like, you're not getting, like, The Rock. Right? Like, you're not yeah, getting not like, actual megastars. They're all on the fucking uh, Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg show. <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, fast-forwarding because it was two hours and I was not going to watch that last night. And I was fast-forwarding through it. And I was like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And then all of a sudden at the end, the final segment, Jordana Brewster shows up. And I was like, oh, shit, Mia's cooking. Uh, so I watched that. Did she make that. tuna sandwiches? Did she make tuna sandwiches? No, unfortunately, she should have. So here, so it was a, it was a chef showdown. So it was uh, Jordana Brewster against Anthony Anderson, who's on Blackish. He's on a bunch of different things. I don't know who and, okay. um, you would And you would definitely know him. Okay. It was Anthony Anderson and Gordon Ramsay against... Jordana Brewster and Christina Tozzi, who runs Milk Bar in New York. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. She's a, she's a dessert queen, cupcake queen, cookie queen, yeah. whatever they call her. Yeah. They, you know, they show, and there's, they, they were judged by, you know, past contestants, past kids, past adults, past judges, or whatever. Jordana and Christina Tozzi were like, or Christina Tozzi said to her, uh, we need to do something that, like, one-ups them. So they just made th- two or three things that Gordon Ramsay is known for. So, like, fish and chips and, like, sticky toffee pudding and stuff like that. But, like, the whole time... Beef Wellington. They all, I think they talked about that, but I think they just want fish and chips instead of beef Wellington. Okay. They talked the entire... Like, every time they would bring Jordana Brewster into, like, the confessional or whatever they call it, you know, where that's yeah. just, like, her in the kitchen, like, talking to the camera. She's like, you know, we gotta go fast and furious in here. I'm just like, God damn it. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, I get what you're doing, but just stop it. Um, and if it was... <laughs> If it was oh, even 1% more interesting, I would be like, we could do... Because you said bonus episode. I was like, no, it's not a bonus episode. It's not worth it. If you want to watch it, it's on Hulu. Because, uh, you know, they put the, uh, the, the... All the Fox shows are on Hulu. So if you want to check it out, it's the last segment. So without commercials, it's probably from about, you know, maybe 55 minutes or an hour to like the final hour 20 or whatever. Yeah. If you want to watch it. If you don't, do not. Like, it's, it's not worth watching. Do you want to know who wins? And maybe I'll beep it. No. Okay. Don't. I'm going to watch it one day. Okay. That's fair, because I don't care. So. Okay. But yeah, so that's it. So that's all my news. Do you have anything, any other news about the uh, no. the Fastiverse? No, that was that was all good news. You did... You, uh, the good news is the best news. Well, yes. You know, uh, you know I, sh- I should have, knowing what movie you're talking about, I should have given the good news first, because you know I like my dessert first, just like The Rock oh. says, you know, just like Hobbs. And now give me my damn veggies, and we should have done the Rob Cohen stuff second, but, you know. Whatever. I'm not that good at this, so I only thought about it in retrospect. It's okay. You, you still got it out there. I like the joke. It makes sense, man. 
It does. All right, so last thing, new lap observations. Before we take a break, bring the Mikester in. What's one thing you noticed about Fast Five this time around that you never noticed before? Oh God, I have I have two good ones. Do you want to save them for Mike, or do you want to you want to? No, no, no. I want to I want to say they're they're two quick ones. One is I've watched this movie on TV a lot, like especially recently, like in between, like as you know, as we're watching it, when it comes on TV, I can't turn it off. And there's the part when he's like, "This mission went from impossible to in freaking sanity." Mission Impossible to Mission in freaking sanity. Yep. And I thought that he said in fucking sanity, and then I, and then no, he doesn't. He says in freaking sanity. I, I thought that it was like a you know TNT kind of bleeping. No, the because we talked about with Walt yes, last night that the rock gets the fuck. I yeah, know. Stay and the I, fuck out of my way. In retrospect, I got it, but like in my head, I always just thought that like USA or TNT was beeping it. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So this was like the first time that I realized, like in the real movie, he does say in freaking sanity. Right. The second one, which is is bad, is that when. <laughs> When they discover, like, when Jordan and Bruce are, past, like, she's like, no, I can't drink. And they, like, you know, discover that, like, mm-hmm. that she's pregnant. Everybody's kind of, like, chattering in the background. Yeah. Okay, like, everybody's chattering in the background. And somebody goes, what happened to the pull-out method? And I was like, who left that in the script? <laughs> I was like, how did that get cleared? And, like, how did we keep that? Like, it was really, really bad. You know what I mean? They're all like, congrats on your baby. And then somebody walks up to Brian and's like, whatever happened to the pull-out method? And I was like, whoa. Like, I feel like it's either Roman or Tej because, like, the, ha- the whole it's movie, one, yeah. It's one of them, but still, I was just like, it was just, like, super awkward. Like, can you imagine if you if you were like, yeah, like, if I came to you, I was like, Rachel's pregnant. And, like, everybody's like, congrats, Rachel. And you're like, whatever happened to the pull-out method? And mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, uh, I mean, like, what? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, yeah. That's what I noticed this lap. <laughs> Those are the two things that, like, I really stuck out in my head. Pretty solid. The one that I'm going to say that we've, something we've talked about pretty much every episode in terms of the necklace. Yes. Dom goes, we always know that Dom goes back to Elena's house because she has the necklace. I sort of wants it back, either yeah. forgot or didn't remember that, like, when he's being pursued by Hobbs and he's running across rooftops and, like, you know, Elena pulls a gun on him and, like, walkies her friends that says, yeah. you know, I got Dominic Toretto, and then Reyes' men are shooting at her, and then he saves her life. Like, the necklace falls, because when he runs away, she sees it on the ground, she picks it up. But I was like, yes. how, like, knowing how important this is, right? Like, knowing that you left it with Letty, the love of your life, when you left her to protect her. Then she goes back to America, leaves it for you, and then dies. Yeah. How are you going to, A, not be wearing it, B, I guess just be carrying it around in your pocket, and C, not know that it falls out of your pocket? Like, it just feels careless. Like, I understand why, because you want to have Dom and Elena connect over, like, lost Story love and everything wise, like that. But you're, like, real life-wise, like, yeah. this thing would be, like, strapped to you. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. That's just, it. Was just a, it was a weird it was a weird thing that happened, but that's another thing to keep track of next uh, next lap when we are we won't say the name of it yet, but the next lap is going to be necklace themed, I think, or necklace named. Yeah, I forget what I forget what it is. Can you say it to me because I forget? Beep it out. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, I'm so glad I came up with that. That was mm-hmm. really funny. Good. Okay. See, I I like leave myself jokes in random places and like I forget them until I hear them again. I just write everything down, so I just never thank forget. you. I appreciate it because if not, this would be a way more of a clusterfuck. So uh-huh. thank you. Uh huh. <laughs> so let's take a quick break. We will uh, throw the to these uh, commercial messages, and then we will be back with the Mikester for the continuation of the ride along lap right here on Too Fast Too Forever. <laughs>
the number one Fast and the Furious podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, th- this is th- lap three, the episode <laughs> about Fast Five. Woo-hoo. And this episode is brought to you by Nicoderm. Shortly after Nicoderm's release, Clear Nicoderm was released, as some users oh, complained about the patch inability to match a wide variety of skin colors. Over the past years, Nicoderm has become the most popular topical nicotine alternative. So thank you, Nicoderm. Mike, do you wow. have your patches on? Believe it or not, guys, this April 13th, I will be seven years nicotine-free. Congrats, no dude. Patch, that's awesome. No gum, no nothing. Damn. Cold turkey. Damn. Good for yeah. you, brother. But I, uh, yeah, you know, get the Nicoderm, get the patch, whatever it takes out there. Exactly. So. Well, here we are, lap three again, now with the Mikester in tow. We picked him yes. up. We are headed down the he's Autobahn. Sitting, he is sitting on our lap. sitting on our lap. our faces. <laughs> Number five is number one. Thank you, John Yu. But, Mike, I was, I was messaging Joe while we were watching, and I was like, I cannot believe there's, like, not a single shot in this movie where there's two people in the same car. Like, I was really hoping, mm-hmm. you know, spoilers for the end of the movie if you haven't seen it yet, but when they do the, the vault swap, the safe swap in the road, right, yeah. and Giselle is driving the, the, the truck, and Leo and Santos hook the, the safe and they swap it out, whatever, I was like, please let the camera zoom out a little bit so we can see Giselle driving with one hanging on the side. Because I'm like, that's literally a ride-along. Yeah, that's a ride-along. That's like Mike on the side of the car, yeah. just hanging on. No. <laughs> and, like, the whole movie, there's not a single time, unless there's something very, very early on, where there's two people in the same car. Then I was like, oh, right. There is that one part where uh, Brian is hanging off of the car with Dom early Ooh. on for just a minute until they go off the cliff. That's true. Barely but uh, the one that I, I went with is Giselle sitting on Han's lap, uh, kissing his face <laughs> and just smiling at him. So that's you now with us. You know, we were saying last episode that I like these kind of weirdo pairs like Dom and Giselle that like they drive off together in the last movie, or Brian and Giselle or whoever drive off in the last movie, but we don't see them in the car. In this movie, you know, after they save Hobbs from Reyes' yeah, men... The, the rocket launchers, yeah. Right. Yeah. Elena is driving that truck, and Mia's in the front seat, and I was like, what a weird duo! Yeah. Like, Elena and Mia in the front together? Like, that would be such a cool picture, and they're never, like, in the same shot. And I was like, god damn it. Yeah, and even when they arrest Dom and then we don't get him and the rock in the car together... Do we not get a shot, shot of, like... Elena driving like Vince in the back. Like Ooh, I feel I like know. I saw that, but I is, can't imagine if my brain's making yeah, it up or if I don't like know. It Vince doesn't do much part. driving. Maybe this time he's barely. No, in he here. doesn't do much driving, but I think there's a scene of him in the back and like Elena's driving. Dom's like holding mm-hmm. him like right before he dies. So before we uh, get into our questions and figuring out what scenes we want to be a part of, I have a question for you guys. So when. Brian and Mia show up to Vince's house, yeah. right, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. and again, it happens later when Hobbs and his men show up. Who are those guys with guns? So, are they with okay, Vince? So those, that's just, like, the neighborhood gang. That, I think that, so. Okay, that was, my, that was my other guess. That's just that's just mm-hmm. what life gangs. in Rio is so like. part of, like, Reyes's street gang. Like, they're the ground squad, the soldiers of Reyes's yeah. gang. So that's, like, City exactly. of God shit. Yes, exactly. Right? Right? Fuck. Like, right. when I first saw that, because I know that... That area has a reputation, and, you know, it's been portrayed on screen as, like, a pretty hectic, violent area and everything like that. So when Fast and Furious went there... I wonder if they had to pay off, or, like, how that worked, if they were actually there. Well, yeah, I think they were actually filming there. All right, so we have one question for you today, Mike. Uh, I was looking through the questions. I think there's only one that's going to apply for this movie. We've still got a couple more questions to ask you for the next three episodes. But this one, right now, you, me, and Joe... Rob a bank, get thirty million dollars each. Split it three ways, ten million dollars each. Ooh, good question. You go to a casino, you go to Monaco in here, mm-hmm. or whether you're in Monaco in Bosom Buddies, mm-hmm. which 
you know, we, we talked about since we last recorded Fast Five. You have $10 million in your hand. Do you bet it all on red or do you bet it all on black? Well, you know, ever since Wesley Snipes and Passenger 57 have had it stuck in my head the whole time, always bet on black. Oh. So I got to I gotta bet on black. I don't know what's been so far. Am I, am I in the minority there? I don't know. I, for me, I know that I would change it depending on, like, if Joey asked me one day, I'd be like, definitely red. If he asked me another day, I'd be like, definitely black. So actually, Mike, we have seven responses right now. Uh, three red, three black, and then Joe has red and black. <laughs> well, is it? Can, I'm not a big roulette guy, but I've been to Vegas a bunch, but I've really never played roulette. But is, can't you put it on green also? That's or what's zero or double Sure. Zero. I mean, you're not going to win. Like, you're going to win 2% of the time, but, like, you're going to get crazy, crazy odds. Yeah. Okay. But, like, that's a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what their whole deal was. Like, that's living on the edge. Like, they're just risk takers. You know, that's just the same as driving fast and robbing, like, oil rigs and trucks and stuff. You know, it's like betting that dangerously and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's like, you don't be so negative. But it's like not being negative to be like, bro, $10 like million? 11, yeah, on one bet? Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Space it out. Have some fun with it. But if that's your idea of fun, okay. Yeah, maybe you're just like degenerate gambler who knows i feel at the same time like you didn't really i mean you earned it but you didn't really earn it True. and like if you lose it you lose it uh, in worst case or like best case you double it up i guess you're right spend a lot of time with drug dealers that have the same mentality you know like yeah. you just like <laughs> hang out with them and they're just like this is free money and you're like that's a lot of money and they're like not like i did anything for it and you're like touche cool good good job getting life advice from drug dealers. no i wasn't getting life advice awesome. from i'm just saying like it's the same mentality like, I've definitely been at casinos with drug dealers, and they've been like, here, we're just going to fucking, you know, put $100 on, like, one number on roulette. And I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? And they're like, doesn't matter. Like, okay. Must be nice. Yeah, I know. I wish. I'm like, where the fuck? Okay, cool. Quick roulette story is that one time when I was at Vegas with my brother and a, and a friend of ours, like, he was like, oh, I'm going up to the room. And about 10 minutes later, we just hear him go, yeah, from across the casino. And we thought he had gone up. He came over without his shoes on, and he had just won huge and roulette, and he was holding his shoes in his hand and he was hammered and then he really went up to bed but like it was just one of those what the fuck kind of moments yeah (laughs) damn he got an itch he needed to scratch with some roulette man that's the only question we're going to ask today we got some more questions for you mike in future episodes uh we'll get to that when we get to that okay so uh before we talk about fast five we got to do our uh episodic question i want to say weekly but i know it's not weekly but our weekly question of all the characters in this movie who would you most want to take a ride with and which scene maybe there's one in particular that very much stands out which scene in this movie would you like to be in a car with or for this is so easy for me go for it joe go first really yeah i want to be han with giselle sitting on my lap driving to the fucking on the autobahn (laughs) duh this is like the easiest oh you want to be han Yes. Oh, okay, because I thought I would have to be like in the back that's always how I've been picturing that we're just in the car with them no (laughs) not in that one (laughs) in that one I'm gonna be han giselle's gonna be oogling at me in front of me, where I can't see while I'm driving on the Autobahn. I'm just to be really cool about it. Who would you want to ride with? Because that's your scene. Who do you want to ride with? Probably Han through the obstacle course. Because I think based on his drifting skills, he would be like the coolest driver to like ride through that, the very Italian jobby part of it. Well, so you know how uh, when you really like a band... Yeah. And people are like, you have to find out who that band's favorite bands are, and like those are the no, bands. No, I've that never heard like, of this. Whatever, before, but it makes sense. That's really cool. so. Yeah. So like, if you if you find out who influenced a band, it's like it's not exactly what you love, but it's like you can see what you love where it came from, right? Yes. So yeah, it makes sense. Whatever. In that regard, you want to be Han. I want to be the person that, or I want to be with the person who Han admires, 
who's Gisela. She's like racing through that, uh, you know, it's that slalom course. So I will be, I will take a ride with Giselle. And I just got to, you know, I got to say the scene that I want to be a part of. There's a lot of, actually, actually, there's not that many car scenes really in this movie. I was, no, I made a note of the it. race. Remember? Yeah. I want to be with Brian at the end when they're torn, when they're bringing the, 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 the safe through the streets of Rio, because we see what happens with Dom, right? We see that Dom lets Brian go. This is always the plan. Brian drives off. Dom swings the, the, the safe around is almost killed there at the end. Brian saves his life. I want to be with Brian. Cause I want to see how far down the road he gets before he's like, I can't do this man. And then oh. turns back. So that's where I want to be. So I want to be <laughs> okay. riding around with Giselle wherever, and I want to be in that specific, that final chase scene, the the streets of Rio, with Brian to see how far down the highway he gets. Makes sense. That's a cool. One. Very nice, Mike. What about you? Very Who cool. do you want to ride with, and what scene do you want to be a part of? Okay, so I think I'm going to do the scene I want to be a part of first, and I don't know if I'm going a little off book here because it's a scene that Joey, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pulling a little bit of a mazes and monsters like you did over there. It's a scene that doesn't exist in this movie. Ooh. I want to be the guy that Brian races and beats and gets the car. You know, like how we does skip Brian the race, race? Or does Dom race them? or Dom, whichever. Okay. You know how they how they go yeah. to the street race, but they skip the street race. So yeah. I want to be one of the street racers that like loses to to Brian or Dom, Ooh. like in that because I guess it's a four man race, so they would take home if they took first and second, they would take home third and fourth place cars. Mm-hmm. Or however, that would, maybe that's how that worked. No, it seemed like it was a heads up race, and Dom drove the Challenger there. Like Charger. he already had okay. the Challenger. Charger. I think they come home with they came home with two cars so they but each I think raced. They, Dom right? drove there, so he had a charge. Oh, I see. And then they just won the just the Porsche. All right, well they win it off me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be in the car either you want to be either the guy that with the guy who loses or be the guy who loses the Dom. Well, it's two different questions, right? It's like what scene do you want to be a part yeah. of, and then who do you want to ride along with? Yeah. yeah. So I want to be actually in that scene, like as one of the racers, okay. and then okay. I think. I want to uh, ride along maybe with Mia in the beginning. You know how she, like, takes the car and Dom's like, you know, change of plans. And she goes to the rendezvous. Yeah. What if she, like, picked me up on the way to the rendezvous and, like, I told her, like, Dom told me, you know, just in case someone showed up with Mia too, like I would be sort of the backup or something. And so I get in the car with Mia and I'm like, okay, here's where the rendezvous is. Drop me off before you get there. Maybe something like that. I don't know. That's a, <laughs> I didn't really that's, prepare for this question this week. It's pretty <laughs> important. That's a pretty big uh, swing right there. Yeah, Mike like wants to see all the background scenes of the movie. I know. He wants to see like all the stuff that we didn't get to see. I like it. It's a good play. I started thinking about how Jason Statham's running around part three and we just don't know it, you know? Like there's yeah. all this stuff going on behind the scenes True. just nobody's out there watching us yeah yeah uh-huh well cool so that is you know and that's the episode we're done so that's cool good talk <laughs> fast five uh, no but here we are so so fast five is really i mean the it's the movie that take this this franchise to the next level we talk about that each lap we we, we talked in the opening segment mike about how west wrote in he was right there with you that he thought fast and furious 4 was a lot better than he remembered uh, how it was similar to too fast too furious uh, so f- the fourth movie really kicks things off because it's the first one Justin, or the second one that Justin Lin does, but the first one with, you know, our main crew. But this is like the next level. There's not, yeah. it, it becomes an action movie. They bring in The Rock. And here is the craziest trivia that we've had, I think, so far. What? In a Fast and Furious movie. So the role of Hobbs, Luke Hobbs, a.k.a. Okay. The Rock, 
yeah. was originally envisioned. Anybody want to guess who this part was originally supposed to be for? Dave Bautista. Okay. I'm going to... Oh, who, man. who, by I'm the way, go, just called like, out the rock for not being a good actor, so... That's true. Uh, that eat shit, I'm going to say they wanted, like... I say they wanted to bring in someone like uh, Stallone, you know? They Ooh. wanted to be like, let's marry the old action with the new action stars and, like, have them face off against this vet, Stallone. Mm. And then maybe Stallone was like, ah, I'm going to go and do Creed and... More I like that you guys both named characters from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or actors from Guardians of the Galaxy oh, 2. Oh, true. I didn't even think about that. So Just Mike that. is closer. Who is it's it? A, it's an older actor, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, oh. really? Oh. Which I don't know if it would have worked. I feel like well, I feel like he's sort of in that like Kurt Russell-y place, the Mr. Nobody place. Yeah, he needs to be Mr. Nobody, yeah. if anything. There's definitely a fugitive vibe going on in this, though, yes, where he's chasing, sure. you know, where he's like, let's catch this bastard no matter what. Like, I didn't do it. Where I don't Dom's care. Dom's like, I you didn't know? kill Letty. It's like, well, you know, a one-armed man killed Letty. Well, all right, okay. <laughs> Again, this is all according to IMDb, so who knows, but that, I can see that sort of being like, you know, the old lawman or whatever. But according to Vin Diesel, a fan, so this is, I can't stop laughing about this because it's so dumb, but Dwayne Johnson was okay. brought in after a fan named Jan Kelly said she would like to see the two work together on screen. So, like, if that's true, that's bananas. What? But I also can't stop laughing at the fact that, like, if Vin Diesel listened to this fan, whoever Jan Kelly is, There's a shout chance. out Jan Kelly if you're listening, that now that, you know, Vin Diesel and The Rock, like, hate each other, I, I, can, Jan's I, fault. I can see Vin Diesel going to bed every night like, <laughs> fucking Jan Kelly, like, what did you do to me? God damn it, Jan <laughs> Kelly! <laughs> How do you think they feel, like, causing a rift between these two guys? Almost <laughs> ruining Fast and the Furious forever. Fucking Jan Kelly. Jan Kelly. Wow. I was thinking about it the other way. I was thinking, like, if Vin Diesel's taking cues from Jan Kelly, he just crawl over here. We have a whole bunch of fucking ideas that he Boy, do we have from. ideas for you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And the only other thing that I want to mention real quick off the, off the bat here in terms of trivia is that Gal Gadot's character name, Giselle, is never mentioned in the entire film. Nobody ever says Giselle. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. But I was also Whoa, thinking, really? like... Yeah, apparently. I bet there's a, a handful of characters in this that like their name is only said like once or twice. They don't say Rico or Tego. Dom says to them, Leo Santo, but he says it like one name. He's like, Leo he Santo, says, like, you're, you're up. up. Uh, and that's yeah. when they go put the pipe bomb in the, the sewers below the police station. But he okay. says to them at one yeah. point explicitly, Leo Santo, you're up. And I was like, that's okay. weird. We talk a lot about how this could be an entry point to the franchise, because this is the first one that I came in on. Uh, yeah. I think the first one that Jordan came in on. It's weird to me that, like, I just straight up did not know Giselle's name for the entire movie. But also, this was also, like, b- back before I knew who Gal Gadot was, because Fast and Furious was her first movie. True. She's just a pretty Israeli woman. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is, at point in ways, a good place to enter, but also in ways like that, like, maybe, you know, maybe you need a little bit of background. Like, maybe yeah. come in at four. I don't know. True. Who knows? No, that never occurred to me either. I never picked up on that. Yeah. So, okay, so Mike, Joe and I have already talked about Fast Five twice, once by ourselves, once with Walt Hickey <laughs> of Numlock News. So what is on your mind? What are the burning topics that you want to talk about? I have one. I want to have one. I'm gonna, I, I want to jump Mike if, that's okay, if Mike says it's okay. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Did anybody start to – this time I was watching it, and I couldn't help but think when they – are driving around and they first find Dom and Brian. They find them because they do face scanning. And I was like, this is the beginning of God's eye. Like that's the huge part in the later movies. Mm, And like, this is the first time we like see this technology. And like, they pretty much already had God's eye at this point, just like a small scale God's eye. It's crazy to think that like this becomes like, you know, the main point of seven when 
they already have it here in five. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, I've been kind of tracking the evolution of technology just because, like, I was sort of surprised oh, in the beginning how much like they used like laptops to tweak their engines and things yeah. at first, and now how natural it seems that like they're going after a small like computer chip in in the beginning of this one, and they're also going after a computer chip in seven for like. 40 minutes right like you know like it's kind of cool like later on they're gonna recycle that a little bit they got the god's eye thing in here i want to know if like ramsey's like set up like she was like you know a subcontractor for the for the brazilian division of god's eye (laughs) maybe maybe who knows all right, Mike. So, what do you got on your mind? What do you want to talk about hmm. here? Fast Five. We're in down. We're 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 sitting atop the Christ the Redeemer statue, as we said we were uh, podcasting yeah. about Fast Five. What's on your mind? How many times do you think they show a shot of that statue? I didn't write down how many, but I'm guessing ten. You know, we were talking uh, in the opening <laughs> segment about how uh, you know. Actually, no, it was it was while we were waiting for you to come back on that Joe was talking about how he was watching the Philly the the Flyers game and. They were showing, you know, Geno's as like an establishing shot for for Philly. It's just, it's the same thing. It's like, well, how do we prove it's Rio, uh, the Christ the Redeemer? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also yeah. like, you know, they show. I feel like that like stack of houses up the yes. mountain, like, like the bodega, a handful of times. Uh, sorry, the yeah. bordello. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Am I using the right word? I have word? no idea, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, they use it a lot, though, Mike. You are absolutely right. You know, you know one thing I do wish. I wish we got like a Michael Bay, you know, quick 360 of the Christ the Redeemer statue. You know what Same. I mean? Same. Like, it gets close. There's a this camera in this one like moves so much more. I feel than in previous installments. Like the, everything is like a 360 shot around the team and the got this and the cameras. I'm like, whoa! I started actually for the first time getting a, like a little dizzy <laughs> watching it this time. This is the first one that feels like they have like a lot of cameras. Like it cuts mm-hmm. like. It's way more cut between like people be top, talking, and it'll be like Dom, and then like you know what I mean. Like you get like single shots of everyone talking, and I don't know. Yeah, if that's... it might be a little over edited, but that's okay because that's just the style of it. Yeah, like, that's just the type of era we're living in. But it, it also works for a movie like this. So I think that also might be a conscious decision on some level because Justin Lin for this movie said that he wanted to get back to practical effects as opposed to using CGI. Huh. So, like, a lot of what they do here, and when we get to the... When we talk about the, the chase at the end, the, the safe, bringing the safe through the streets of Rio, I don't know if either of you guys watched that video I sent, but there's a 20-minute video, I want to say, like, on Vanity Fair or something, where, like, the stunt coordinator of that scene breaks it down and says, like, what they did and everything, and, like, they're actually, like, wheeling that safe through the streets of Rio. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, That's like, really they, cool. they really doubled down here and made sure that things looked as realistic and authentic as possible. So I think... If Justin Lin is like, hey, we want to make sure that we use enough practical effects, we don't use CGI, I can see why they might be like, well, let's have a bunch of cameras doing a bunch of things to make sure we have mm-hmm. coverage of all different angles and stuff like that. So I think that could be, sense. in yeah. a sense, hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, definitely. I can see it, for sure. Yeah, and you can really feel those practical effects in that opening train sequence when they're robbing the train and everything. Like, yes. That's just really awesome. Like, of course, there's a little bit of touch-up. CGI, of course, you know, wire removal and other things like inside the train. I think like there's a little green screen outside the windows, but like it's amazing when they have that flatbed on those giant hydraulics and it crashes into the train uh, compartment and stuff. And like they're actually driving a car off a cliff and stuff. Like, I don't, you know, 
I don't know if the, those guys actually, if stuntmen actually jumped off a cliff, but I mean, you know, I buy it. Like, I, it, it's you could funny. tell me it's like, real or not, and I would believe it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, it's funny though because we're getting a little like precursor to the like invincibility of our characters in this universe here <laughs> with these guys. Because again, I don't know if you could survive that, but I totally buy it. On that note, I was thinking this time too that we always had a question: who does more destruction? the Avengers or the Fast and Furious? You know, who fucks up cities more? And you can go back and forth on it depending on the movie, whatever. Oh, no, it's not even close. It's the Avengers by, like, tenfold. I mean, sometimes. Uh, Sokovia. Well, there's, like, a whole, like, accord. Yeah, the Sokovia Accords. destructive they are. Yeah. Like, they, they obliterated an close. entire city. Like, like Fair, okay, yeah, that one. <laughs> I, okay, but I'm saying, like, I think that with the introduction yeah. of Idris Elba being superhuman... That mm-hmm. we need an Avengers versus Fast and Furious crossover. Sure, and it was like for a seventy <laughs> billion dollar movie. The difference between, and not to get too far off topic, off topic here, but the difference between this universe and the MCU is that what the MCU is doing, and like what I think it does pretty well. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in between. It's showing the evolution of like the rest of the world keeping up with the Avengers. Like Tony Stark yes. makes the suit, and then Jeff Bridges is like, well, I'm now the Ten Rings, and I'm this guy, and like I have my own suit, or whatever. And yeah. like you can see in Spider-Man Homecoming, where Michael Keaton is like, well, if they're going to use this tech and then get paid to clean it up, like I'm going to steal it, and I'm going to do my own thing. And so that's mm-hmm. the whole escalation of everything. Like, the only reason that like Mickey Rourke and Iron Man 2 exists, or the only reason that Ultron exists, or the only reason that whatever, is because they see... Tony Stark flying around and breaking shit. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Ultron even makes that point in the movie. He's like, you know, I only exist because of you. Yeah. And like, you know, mm. it's like Batman and the Joker, like escalation. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. And so I think because yeah. of that, because there are now other things keeping up with them, there's just going to be more destruction. And here, the only thing that even compares, and it's not really, it's it's separate, I think, altogether, is in the next movie when we have uh, Owen Shaw uh, and his whole crew, they're not trying to keep up with the Fast and Furious, like, our, our family, right? Like, that's the only... Yeah. That's, the only, that's like, the closest it could be. Like, there's nowhere else, like, in here where, like, people are like, oh, we've got to, like, drive cars faster because they're driving cars fast or whatever, so... Uh, I think yeah. it, that distinction there. is why there's more destruction by far in the Avengers movies, just because there's, like, crazier shit happening because of the, you know, like Mike's saying, the escalation of it all. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah I can get that. However, however, you know what I did pick up on this time in this movie that I didn't really occur to me in previous watchings is right after they break Dom out of jail, well, uh, you know, the, the opening sequence, after they get him out of the bus. Yeah. And then there's, like, all those news reports, and, you know, we find out this takes place in the Parks and Rec universe. Yeah, part happily. Heard. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, but, like, it was the first time it struck me, it was like, wow, like, the rest of America knows the name Dominic Toretto now. Fair. You know, like, this is national news. They are wanted criminals, like, the you know, the yeah. name of Brian and Dom. They are now Butch and Sundance. They're, like, so it would have been, it would be cool, but we never get it to see sort of, like, the average Like a Rosencrantz and Hilderstern version of this. Yeah, or, like, someone recognized them on the street in New York. Or, we never get any of that in this universe, though. We, we only stick with, like, the in crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something the MCU does a little bit better, is, like, you know, in Iron Man 3, 
three when Tony Stark runs into like all the locals and yep. everything. Yeah, like they that. need to like, they need to really do like works. the street interviews. Like, did you see him? And it was like, I knew it was Dominic Toretto. You know, like they have like right. like lady on the street. Like, oh, crazy like lady. like Rebel like Wilson dumb. and Ghost Rider. Remember Mike, where he's just like she's yes. like oh like just like losing her mind. But yeah, again, like you know, just because I watched so many Marvel movies this weekend, but like in Infinity War, where like. Thor stops to take a selfie with two girls on the street, like in New York, because they're like, "Oh my God, you're Thor! Um, exactly. Sorry that Jane broke up with you." Like, yeah, I would. It would be cool to be like, "Oh my God!" Like, even just something like, Letty, "Oh my God, Dominic alive. Toretto was so attractive." Were. Like, I want I blah 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 or whatever, you know. So exactly, I agree fully and wholeheartedly there. <laughs> what else you got, Mike? What other topics? Because I've, I've got, I took notes, but I want to I want to hear your uh, um, your thoughts. Yeah, on I Fast mean, Five. Be- before we get to the man of the hour, I want to talk about the the villain in this one a little bit. Reyes, mm-hmm. he's one of those sort of like business baddies. Like he doesn't really get his hands dirty. He no. doesn't do very much. Uh, he's kind of, I mean, he's kind of lame. But like, I guess they needed one of these to sort of. You know, because especially of what's coming. We're well, going Carter Verona also sucks. Like, he's Carter Verone a little bit, like, higher up the food yeah. chain. Yeah. Yeah, at least Carter Verone, like, put that rat on the dude with the bucket over it and heated it up. Like, True. this guy, he walks into the room when they have Dom and Brian chained up, and he has he doesn't even, like, really do anything. He has the other guys kill him, and then Dom just, like, breaks. He's like, you think, like, I can't break a chain? Like, what are you? Like, <laughs> clearly don't know who I am. And they just break out of there instantly. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was kind of lame, and I loved at the end how The Rock just murders him. <laughs> he just yeah. Um, I thought that he's like, help me, help me. And he's like, Pow. it's a John yeah. Wick moment, right? Where bat, it's just bat. like, uh, we're not going to have like a big, long discussion. It's like, this is, this is where you end. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was okay. Like, I thought it was, it was okay to have this type of villain in this particular Fast and Furious movie because we're building the team, you know, like we have to spend yeah. so much time. Like, it's just a matter of economy. We can't unpack a a serious, complex villain in this one. Right, right. And so I just like that, hey, we're just going to steal all this money, and then we're going to go live the high life. And, like, yeah. That's all I got to say about Reyes, really. And, you know, he's never coming back. No, because he's he's dead. But also, like, he's just, you know, it's, it's, again, one of those things where if we're alternating between, like, with, like, all family all together, then family, like, doing different things, like, this sort of falls in with the, like, against... Johnny Trainer against DK, which is like it's clearly they're not with us. They're a separate thing. We don't care. Mm-hmm. And he's also he's not he's not cool. Like he's just sort of like he's yeah, he's, he's fine. Right. Yeah, he's like the very uncool version of what Sonny Chiba does, right? Like yeah. the man in the shadow kind of just sits back and collects. And I stuff. think he's you know on on the food chain of like drug dealer or whatever. He's somewhere between Carter Verone and Sonny Chiba, right? Where he's like. He's no longer at the level. Like I'm sure, Joe, he yeah. put a rat on a guy's chest at some point in his life. Like I don't, True. I don't doubt I that for a second. Uh, he's above that, but he's not at the level where he can just like sit in an office and like tell stories about like you know, for want of a horseshoe, the the, the steed was lost or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not at like uh, telling parables to prove points at the stage of his career yet. No, and he's <laughs> not. He's also not like head of the yakuza. Right. You know what I mean? Like Shani Chiba is not head of the yakuza. Like he's just like. A higher up guy. He's like a lieutenant this guy's or like, something. Yeah. Yeah, he's like running the fucking gangs. He's a he's a big fish in a smaller pond. I think he is. Uh, I really love how Dom and Brian work together. Like in this whole movie, mm-hmm. really. Like just even from the opening train thing to. And they even the kind of test it. Like even like when the guy comes mm-hmm. up and he's like, "You brought a cop here," and Dom's like, "I'm over that." Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's dating right? my sister. Like, like we're fine. Like don't worry about the cop stuff anymore. Yeah, he's expanding the family. He's even they're gonna have a kid. Like yeah. they get even closer. But I mean, they just by the end of this movie, they feel like they're so in sync. Like I just love it because it just feels like such.
such good payoff from the last movie when you know it just feels like their struggle to regain that friendship mm-hmm. and now like they're really going friends forever kind of with it you yeah. know what i'm saying like they're gonna be like they click like so well and then they bring their own friends right they're like i got some friends to call and i got some friends to call and then like hey let's have all of our friends meet and like form this fucking super group and like they're definitely you know, a team. go kick some ass yeah like I, just the level of trust and brotherhood and everything it's like awesome in this one well my I mean, i've talked about it, i think it was on the last lap but they're basically like danny and rusty from oceans 11 like they're oh yeah they're in the shit together and like especially when they have their like oh you know we need a team like it's their gathering team montage it's like them sitting at the bar like you want you need one more you think we need one more we'll get one more or whatever (laughs) um but also one thing i noticed just thought about while you were talking is that in this movie in one way or another they both become fathers like mia gets pregnant dom sort of becomes a surrogate father to nico does he does dom actually become like a father here no, to Nico, to to Vince's kid, sort of. Oh, okay, like an adoptive father. A surrogate okay, father. And then what you're saying. I'm guessing probably at some point here, Elena's knocked up because in the next movie, Letty's back. So, like, if baby Brian is Dom's kid, yeah. the conception was probably around this time. Mm. Yeah, well, something I noticed at the end of the movie is that Mia is about to drop that kid, right? Like, she goes from the beginning of this movie to having, like, an absolutely flat stomach mm-hmm. to the end of this movie having, like, the huge yeah. baby bump. So, like, it's been True. nine months since they pulled the heist and everything. So, you know, even if they conceive that night, Dom and Elena, <laughs> I think it counts. <laughs> like, it's yeah. either in this movie or in the time it takes for them to get to whatever country they're in at the start of six where the rock finds them, right? Where it's like no extradition when Mia's giving birth, right? And the rock shows up and then they go to London. Like it's in that window from the beginning of this movie, or I guess the middle of this movie sometime, or maybe the end, whatever, to kind of the beginning of six where Elena gets pregnant. We don't know when it is because she disappears only to show up at the end of six, right? Or in the end of six at that barbecue. Yes. To say, uh, to be like, you can go with Letty. Yeah. Something like, if you want to. Uh, I bequeath him to you. And she's not pregnant there, so I'm guessing she already had the kid, maybe? Or, I don't know. No. Time is a flat circle. Or... We're not, we're not jumping yeah, time circles. She's just yet. not showing. No, she's not, she's not pregnant yet, because they're still together. I think that they, like, it's through the next movie that she gets pregnant. But he's not they with start her in the next movie. in the next movie. He's not like she's not in London with him. Oh no! But when they open up the next movie, they were like in bed together. Exactly. Like, we'll get there. Well, that's what I'm, that's what we'll I'm saying. Like it's either like, okay. yeah. at the end of this movie into the beginning of the next movie. Like it's in okay. that time okay. span. True. So fair enough. They both become fathers. TLDR. They're both dads now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try to, to clock like when they were. Uh, what isn't the word like consummating? Their, their relationship. Yeah, you're right. I think it's at the end of this one or the beginning of the next one. Oh, they've definitely there. banged in the in the in the nine months that Mia got pregnant. Like they they had sex. Oh, it was nonstop. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Who? It's like it's Dom so and weird Brian? to me. Yeah, Dom and Brian no, had Dom. nonstop sex while Mia was pregnant. <laughs> exactly. Elena, Elena like, and Dom. Yeah, Dom and Elena's relationship to me, like as much as I I love this movie, I love this movie, but their relationship. I don't like it has there has to be it's a combination of this right it's a combination of we've each lost the love of our life mm-hmm. True. in like a violent way that we couldn't stop and we went and we're out for vengeance it's that we're sharing that it's got to be like love at first sight yeah plus they're super lusty at dom saved her life yep. so maybe she fell for him like i don't know but like, because he also I'm saved so remember in four sometimes. he saved giselle's life and she's all about it too but like if, and if she immediately fell in if love we're with playing him, like, fuck marry kill as dom it's obviously fuck <laughs> elena marry letty 
kill Giselle, apparently, because like, he shows no interest Weird. in her. Yeah, that's true. So, very clearly, which of the three there? Yeah. So, Joey, it's a little bit of, like, a later-in-life Nick Cage thing where, like, you know, just irresistible women find Dom so attractive, they just, like, instantly fall in love with him. <laughs> I mean... You know, Joe talked about it. We talked about it in the opening segment. Juicy boys all over this movie. Juicy boys, yeah. man. Juicy boys. Dom is looking like especially jacked in this one too. Like, uh, yeah, I he just definitely got a bunch bigger of WrestleMania. Well, because The Rock is yeah. here. Like, he needs. He can't be little That's anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's who we got to talk about now, right? It's oh, he's the man of the hour. Okay. Hop. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, absolutely. But do you think? I mean, the man is just—he's just soaking wet the entire movie. He's dripping wet the entire time. What is happening? Uh, he's working hard. He's just getting missed, I mean, dude. They're just like missing amazing. him always. Joe and I talked last lap about how he, and the first lap I think too, like he's not Hobbs yet. He's just like military man. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, come into I mean, himself. Yeah, Walt said like he's slowly becoming the Rock, and in this one he's like definitely not the Rock. He's like mm. stern military guy. Because I think yeah, I think by I, the end he sort of becomes he's a little bit more Hobbs where he lets Dom go because it's like in the spirit of the franchise like you know I'm yes. gonna let you go but I'm gonna chase after you tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, I think he be I think there's like it's interesting. It's an interesting arc even if it's not obvious. Like he definitely starts off as this hard ass one note just like even Arlie Ermy type at some point you know where he's like I like my dessert first now give me the veggies and he's like <laughs> all this weird info. Yeah, definitely by the end when he loses his crew and when Dom saves his life and, like, you know, his crew saves his life. And then even when Dom, at one point they say to him, he's like, you know, you're just a name on a sheet or whatever. And they kind of have, like, this thing where it's like, you know, maybe if you didn't look, they don't say it, but I got the sense where it was like, you got to stop looking at it like just a name on a sheet, man. Like, where people, like, you know, like, there's deeper meaning to that. Like, you know, you got to open your eyes, Hobbs. And I really feel like at the end of this, like, he has sort of an epiphany and he's kind of enlightened a little more and he's like wow like there's more than just black and white like there's some gray area and Dominic Toretto sure he's a criminal but like he's a good guy like he's a stand-up guy you know and then there's real evil people out there he has like some growth I was pretty surprised watching it this time it's he's very overbearing and aggressive in this movie intentionally you know to sort of like get your attention and misdirect you a lot and stuff so it's kind of hard to see uh, that little like subtlety to his character but it's there well said no i mean there's nothing to add i think that's really well said yeah (laughs) i guess (laughs) he's also got the big i guess he loses the goatee eventually i was a little i liked uh, it and i liked it a lot bigger i was noticing it this time too he actually seems like because he loses the like salt and pepper goatee that he becomes young like younger Mm -hmm. like he like starts out and they were like trying to make him a little bit older like older than dom and then they kind of become the same age on a trajectory in a weird way yeah yeah that's why i was i was really confused about that that was something i hadn't thought about before this watch and i was just thinking about it oh absolutely i do like the hobbs character though like i think they found a great balance with having the rock be there as like a persona and having him fill the shoes of sort of what is just like there's not really much to Hobbs, it's all attitude, right? So you yeah. need someone who can come in and put, like, a personal twist on this role. And, like, The Rock is 
pure attitude and you know he's just so much fun to watch and listen to and his line deliveries and he's got so much stamina because you know they do like multiple takes of this shit and like most of what he's doing is like running shoot stop punch kick throw run jump out a window yeah roll off a building like get hit by a car it's like he's like a monster in this movie and, and it's pretty it's like great to watch it's just so much fun just to watch him like move across the screen i think yep. it, i think it has to be super super hard to prepare for action movies with like all of these scenes knowing that they're definitely not doing all of these like jump scenes or whatever in one take that like it has to be crazy tiring and just like physically demanding to do it and it's something that i don't think about a lot and, and it's good to re- like remember that i like his little crew his team of dudes that he's got with him and like how they have names like i wrote down like max wilkes fusco and stuff it's like they don't really matter i called one of them roadhead because he had like a mohawk that looked like a tire mark that's not what that like means someone... though, mike <laughs> no i know of obviously joseph i know that's not but I, you know, I thought it was funny, and I like how when he asks for Elena, I thought this was a pretty subtle joke that must have gotten lost because I didn't pick up on it the first several times. He goes, uh, they go like, "Why do you want her?" And he says, "I like her smile." You know, I think he was being sarcastic to boot to begin with because, like, you know, there's a you just shouldn't be like, "Oh, smile." You know, telling a girl to smile more often is is creepy. You know very disrespectful yeah Yeah, and creepy and stuff and so like i thought that was kind of like his level of sarcasm yes and then when she shows up she's like you know i don't have a i don't have a great smile and he's like impressed by that and like i so i don't know there was something about that i picked up on that i think they were trying to throw down you're right the first time i heard that i definitely thought that he was just like a like her smile like trying to be like manly but now that you pointed it out this way i think that he was just like shut the fuck up to that guy like this is like yeah. the one thing he could say to her, him and be like it doesn't you know what i mean like he's not gonna like question it because when he talks to her he's like look you were like the only good cop here and all of these things why you're awesome as opposed to just like you have a nice smile no yeah he was like you joined the force for vengeance that's what i like about you <laughs> so yeah. there's a couple things here so number one last lap joe remember we talked about how this hobbs a little bit more sexist um, that he would eventually become, like, he calls people women, yeah. like, woman and everything, like, it feels like it could be, in theory, that, I don't think it is that, like, I agree with you guys, but what I also think, it's it's a joke in a sense that, like, she takes everything incredibly seriously, so, like, it's yes. just, uh, this is, that's not who she is, it's also a way of saying, you know, shut up, like, I don't need to talk to you, but I also think there's little cuts and edits here that I didn't notice before, that, like, when he first talks to her and she says something like, I'm here and ready to work or whatever, I'm, I'm motivated or whatever, it cuts to the other cops or other people who are around, and they look at her, like, with disdain, like, that they don't like her being so eager. Mm. I don't know if that's intentional or what, but it feels like it's showing that she's, whether because she's a woman or whether because she is uh, the only not-corrupt cop or whether she's just a, a young cop or whatever, but it feels like she's not respected by the world around mm-hmm. other than by Hobbes. So I think that just saying like, you know, I like her smile is basically like, I don't need to give you my reasons why I'm choosing her. I'm choosing her. You know what I mean? Like, a, it's, yeah. I think like you're saying, like, like it, it's it. sort of like a manly joke or whatever, but it's also at the same time, like, you don't need to know why I'm picking her, but she's my choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. even the cops say to Reyes when he brings the money to the police station, they're like, ah, like, he, all he has is Elena. Like, she's nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way he's gonna, like, catch us or whatever, you know? Like, don't worry about Hobbs, right? Like, 
He's got nothing. What I do love about Elena is that, like, she starts sort of this tradition for the, the rest of the franchise, or at least for the next two movies, right? Where, like, Hobbs is teamed up with, like, the no nonsense badass chick that, like, kicks ass and takes names and stuff. And even if she's a secret, yeah, even Gina if she's Carano, a secret the next spy. One rules. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even if she switches sides, like, in the last minute, like, it's still his partner is going to be just as tough, but, like, a woman, you know? And I think that's really cool. Like, he's complimented by. Because then it's also just boring if Hobbs had. If, you know, we've seen too many buddy cop things where it's just two <laughs> guys, and it's just a better dynamic when you have yeah. a woman who could beat the crap out of you just the same way that, like, The Rock can. Yeah. How do you guys like that we always say Mia is the is the cornerstone yeah. of the family, right? Oh, yeah. Like, she's always, like, you know, the backbone of it. Like, Dom is the main character, but definitely Mia is the one who, like, holds the whole scene together. She's the den mother. She's the den mother. She's all of the, you know, like, these you know, trite things that we can say about her. But um, in this one, she's literally, like, the command center in the movie. She's the and guy I, in the chair. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, wow. Like, you know, we always say, like, you know, if it wasn't for Mia, then you don't have Brian and Dom and, like, every other iteration of this. But, like, to see her actually be the one, like, pulling the strings this time was really interesting for me. Yeah, absolutely. I like that, too. And it gave her something to do while also being pregnant that keeps her, like, safe, you know? Yes. So, like, she can't get behind the wheel of the car after she tells everybody, or at least the audience, that she's pregnant, right? You know? Like, it's cool that she's still very important and integral to uh, to the heist and everything. And yeah. I think that that is, in a way, a way they could reintroduce her. Because, you know, in 8, when they're, you know, going up against Cypher, they're like, we gotta call Brian. And they're like, no, we told them that we're gonna leave him alone, because, like, they're living their life down wherever they are. You could still bring her back, like, even if, you know, hope... I still don't know how I feel about having Paul Walker's actual brothers come back and reprise the role of Brian in some way. Like, I'm still not sure if I'm on board with that or not. Okay. But you could, in a sense, bring Mia back... And be like, we know that we need to keep you safe because you've got Brian and the kids back home. You've already proven that you can do this. Like, you got to do this again. Or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can keep her out of the oh, fray, man. but still keep her important to the mission. I so don't know I think if you can, man. She's like too. She's too much of the family one. I've got a terrible idea of how to bring Mia back, but it's such a bad idea. Say like, it. Well, that say Brian it. You gotta dies? say it now. No, not even. No, it would keep Brian alive, but they get divorced. Oh. <laughs> and she leaves Brian, and she goes back to Dom. And she to, leaves like, the kids with Brian. No, she brings the kids. <laughs> like, and the kids become part of no, the. No, she's uh, gonna be a shitty sh- mom now. She's turning heel. No, she's turning no, heel. Bro- she comes right back to Dom, and she's like, "Dom, I'm sorry," and they just pretend like Brian never existed. No, because I think if she showed up, she'd need to have Dom would be like, "Where's my nephew? You know what's going on here?" Like, I could understand you jumped the buster, like all this kind <laughs> True. of thing. That's a good no. It's a good move. I I do like it. Be like stuff happens in this movie, but I do they... feel like we're we're in a world where like once your family, your family for life. Like I don't think divorce is a word that anybody's ever said in in this universe. Like I think that's a good call too. Yeah. They're, I don't they're... think divorce is a word that they say, and I also don't think that like it's like once your family, your family for life. Like Vince comes back and is like shitty, mm-hmm. and then comes back again. Like Brian would still be like allowed to be at the cookout. Yeah. you know what I well, mean. Like, like family to a fault. Yeah, exactly. Like that gets to a point though. You have to like cut off like that cousin or uncle or whatever. Like, you Deckard know, is where... there, and Deckard killed Han. Yeah, I guess there's family is family. Yeah, a divorce <laughs> is not going to keep Brian away from a barbecue. No, it's not. <laughs> True. One thing I never really thought about in this franchise, or in this movie specifically, that is obvious, but I just didn't really piece it together. Maybe I thought about it the first time, but, like, 
there's three different factions of guys. Like there's the family, there's Hobbs okay. and his crew, and there's Reyes's men. And so like yeah. when Hobbs shows up to get Dom, when they have a lead on where Dom and Brian and Mia are, it's just a coincidence that Reyes's men are there at the same time. Because I always thought for some reason they were all together and then like just like shit broke bad or something. But like they all just get there at the same time. And like I think it's yeah. it's a weird kind of coincidence. Like it it's a movie coincidence. Because you think about this movie as, like, Dom versus Hobbs, and also Dom versus Reyes, and also kind of Hobbs versus Reyes, sort of, kind of? But, like, yeah, the way that they all intersect is a little coincidental for the movie, but I think also works because you have three different people with three distinct different... Like, you know, if you have Lawful Good, if, if we're doing, like, D&D, yes. like we have Lawful Good, which is Hobbs, right? Yes. We have uh, Neutral Evil or whatever, I guess, would be Reyes, and then, like, sort of Neutral Good is the family? What? Neutral Evil is Reyes? I think Neutral Evil is, like, Dom. No, he's not evil. I mean, like, maybe? Because there's, there's the three, so there's, like, there's Chaotic, Neutral, and Lawful, right? And then there's Good, yeah. Neutral, and Evil. And so upper right corner is, like, the good and, you know, lawful would be Hobbs and his team and Elena. But they move around. They do a lot of checkersing. But I think, board. generally speaking, their intentions are pure and good. And I think, generally speaking, the family are in it for themselves and for self-preservation, but they're not evil. Fair. I think they're they're good. Okay. At least there are protagonists who are sort of supposed to be that way. Reyes is not, like, sadistic. I think he's just down the middle, like, he's in it for himself, but he's doing bad things. But I like that, however you want to lay them out on the, on the checkerboard, they're three distinctly different areas, and so you all have them sort of converging because they all want something from each other, either arresting Dom, or getting yeah. Dom back for stealing the money, or stealing the money from Reyes, or, you know, just dealing with crooked cops in another country. Like, there's all this, like, interplay, and I think, again, to use it again, say it again, it's coincidental how they all intersect at the same time, but it works well because they're so distinctly different. They all have, like, specific goals what they want to accomplish. Yeah, it's cool, too, because it adds to, like, sort of the confusion and crossfire in, a lot, in that one chase sequence and with all the houses and stuff when they're running around. And it, it gives the opportunity for them, for the uh, the crew, to, like, show Hobbs's team, like, no, like, you know, we're more on your side, right? Like, like they save each other's lives and stuff, and... You know, Hobbs and Elena get to see Dom, like, shoot uh, Reyes' men, right? So they know for sure, like, oh, they're going to shoot Reyes' guys, but they're going to save our guys. Like, hmm. Through the action, it, like, advances the story. You know what I'm saying? It gives it more opportunity. So I like the three, the sort of the triangle thing. I think I, 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 th- I like that a lot more. I think that's something we kind of lose a little bit, right? Like, it always just yeah, starts we... becoming, like, one side versus the other. I do like I do like the bizarre love triangle situation going on here. I agree. <laughs> the three-way, like, the tripod of, of, like, everybody trying to do something, it works better, and I hope that we get that in the next one, too. I was going to say, I wonder if we're going to get it in Hobbs and Shaw, because, like, Hobbs and Shaw kind of, like, aren't a team, but they obviously become a team, mm. even in the trailer. But it would be cool if, like, Hobbs and Shaw, like, weren't a team, and they were kind of all fighting each other. I'm guessing that's going to be more of, like, the wacky buddy comedy, where they're, like, from yeah. different, like, they have the same goal, but they're coming from it from two different perspectives or whatever. But it's similar, I think, but I don't think it's going to be as clearly defined as it maybe it is as it is here. Yeah, I agree. Before we move off of, uh, per, like, for a while, before we move off of Hobbs, I just want to say that uh, my theory of his uh, sort of sexual preferences was not sparked from this 
uh, movie. It doesn't come into play, I don't feel, until the the next two. So uh, I didn't really pick up on any sort of. He wasn't leaning anyway to me anyway. Now that you said the this? smile thing, I'm I'm with you on that because he's like mm. he's like trying yeah. to play like a tough guy, but it really we that know it's be. sarcastic. I think this is again just he's all business here, and I think that that's just right. like a yes at its core, just like a, I don't give a fuck what you think. She's my pick, and I think later it comes with just trying to develop this character more and opening it up to places it's possible to take it not where they're necessarily going but leaving doors open and things like that and ideas and stuff yeah and i also love his car in this like his car is a wrecking ball (laughs) (laughs) yeah so speaking of cars and wrecking balls a couple little bits of trivia here so at the when they go and they steal the four cop cars right they have that million dollar quarter mile and roman takes off first and his his police lights are on apparently they were all like these new chargers that were prototypes from from Dodge, and okay. his car malfunctioned, and the lights weren't supposed to come on, but they left it in because they're like, that's totally something that Roman would do, which absolutely is. Abs- absolutely makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, apparently definitely. that was a happy accident. That was not something that uh, was cool. meant to happen. Ah, oh, man, I'm so happy Roman's back, you guys. I'm so happy he's <laughs> as back, As soon as too. he showed up, and then I almost put myself in the scene where he's talking to the guy at the evidence counter, like, that way I could share the scene with him, but I don't know. It's like, because everyone is so stern for the most part like Brian like he's got a, he's got a, he smiles and stuff like he's having fun in this movie but like a lot of it is you know serious business and stuff so I don't know I just really appreciated having Roman back this time it's good to see him it's been two to three movies I love Roman in this movie I, I talked about it last lap I know this but like I don't like Roman in 8 as much because I feel like this is like really good like he's an actual character here like he's funny he's kind of the, the cocky asshole that he is but he also like has justifications and reason for doing things he's just not like he's not just a quip machine like he's got mm-hmm. actual opinions and thoughts and he's a person or a character yeah yeah I think yeah he's definitely showing more range in this where he like you know first meets everybody he's not quite as joking you know he's trying to take things serious and then once Dom mentions how much money they're actually gonna make then he sort of turns on like the oh that's what you're talking about kind of thing and he's like all right I can lighten up here like we could play together (laughs) yeah I think like that's right in line with his character too right like he's like oh like he's gonna point out how insane this all is but if 10 million or 11 million dollars on the line like he'll 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 put up he'll give a couple weeks like whatever why not yeah why not there's a line in this movie that I really like that I don't think we've ever talked about that I don't know if I ever heard before and that I feel like should have been included in that Zimbio quiz somehow but okay. right before Hobbs gets their base and arrests them you know the rest of the family leaves so they're like the cops are on the other side of the city like this is our window we're gonna go now and okay. Dom and Brian and Mia and Vince all stay behind I guess they're gonna do the second wave or whatever and Brian says to Mia we're one hour away from the rest of our lives and I think that's just like mm. a cool sentiment, a cool idea. Definitely does not work out that way because they get arrested. They have to then save uh, the crew and then they have to sort of like rejigger the whole plan or whatever a little bit. But like, I think that's a really cool sort of important line that I don't know if we ever talked about before. But that also makes like the movies feel like they're going to end. But that's that's what this is. Like they want the one last score, right? Like Vince is like, you know, yeah. earlier Vince is like, I got one more job. And this is like, you know, we got this one big job. But I feel like it's also the kind of thing like in a heist movie, you know, they're always looking for that one last score, but then they're never satisfied. True. So I don't think, I don't yeah, think it's right. like a, maybe for Brian and Mia because they're going to have a kid or whatever, like this is going to be it. But I also feel like if they got away scot-free, which they do, 
you know, they're brought back in the fold, so. I like it. I think it kind of even plays a little off of the I live my life a quarter mile at a time line. True. Right? Like, there's a one hour till the end of, till the rest of our lives. Like, I don't know. There's sort of a nice ring to it. I like the way they talk and, like, it's pretty funny how they, they use time. Time is a flat circle, man. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that uh, safe scene. Bring cool. the safe yes. cool. Did either of you watch Very the video awesome. or no? No, I didn't get a I, chance I to. I was doing time. stuff. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> You guys. All right. So anyway, so they actually had a nine thousand pound safe that they were wheeling through the city. So what did they do? Like essentially okay. throw it on skateboards? No, it's just it's they. It's, no, they it's, just dragged. They it. just did it. There was no wheels That's on the amazing. bottom of the safe. No. You know why it looks real? Because I. There's no like. There has to be something. Like it, it's the metal's not just gonna well, like move along the ground. Like well, that. when you have enough torque, and you have enough like it's massive no. acceleration. Like there's enough acceleration there. Yeah, but it's gonna like drag yeah. asphalt and shit. Like you're gonna cause like potholes. Well, it does. I think it did. It probably has. And part of it was like, I was like, this can't be CG because the physics look too great. Like, it just looks too so, yes. heavy. So, and... there's a couple different things. So, number one, in the movie, they talk about how there's like 10,000 pounds of money. So, like, the safe that they're actually dragging is lighter than the safe in the movie. I mean, not maybe not considerably, but it's lighter enough to sort of be, I guess, easier to move around. But there's actually okay. three different sort of types of safes. There's the there's an actual safe that's 9,000 pounds. They put a pickup truck in a, in a in a second safe where they just had... They basically... I don't know Deleted? exactly how they did it, but they have... Imagine a truck where it's just the engine, the steering wheel, the gas pedal, the brake pedal, four tires and a seat. Like They cut out the rest of the car. So it's just like as small as it can possibly be. And they put that in a wow. safe. They had that so that they could, like, on tight turns and stuff, they could actually physically drive it to get the angles that they wanted. Okay. But they realized that they had a stunt driver in there because it was closed off to the world. It got up to 190 degrees, 190, 190 degrees in there. So the guy passed out. So then they're like, okay, cool, we'll cool it down with dry ice. And so... It's they, a really smart move. They, we do that a lot. In but the lab, then actually. what happened is it sucked up all the oxygen, so the oh, guy right. couldn't breathe because <laughs> it's not vented. That makes so much sense. So they oh had to God. drill a hole and basically have like a tube going out. That the guy was like in there in a helmet with like this pipe that like, was sealed off to the world because there's no oxygen. It's like a beer helmet. He has yeah, like, a, man, like a little like... tube so he can breathe. So they had like this tube going from this like sealed off helmet to the outside of the thing. Yeah. So he's in this thing that's like originally 190 degrees being cooled by dry ice uh, so that he and he's able to drive it. Oh so there's that's the second so one. So funny. And then the third one, which it seems like they only use like a, a little bit, was like when the car or like when the safe hits a corner and like crushes cars, they built yeah. a third safe where they had a pickup truck. Like they basically did the same thing again where they like just like the the, the cab of a pick like a, not maybe not a pickup truck, a semi truck, a semi truck. Like the cab okay. of a semi, but they like condensed it again as much as they could. And they built three sides of a safe around it, like the front and the wow. sides. And they just, like, crushed shit with that because it was so much heavier. And, like, they just wanted bigger uh. crushing. So it's a sort of a combination of three here. But it's all practical. Like, it's not CGI. Like, it's all, like, they're actually doing this stuff. That's nuts. And the guy was saying about how, like, for scenes like this or for any stunts, like, they're working on them three and a half or four months before they start shooting. Of course, yeah. they need to figure out how to do it, but they also need to figure out how to do it it. safely. Like, how to make sure that the cast and the crew 
are not in danger. Like in yeah, the in the pickup truck and in the other cars, like there's roll cages and stuff. So like when when they actually roll and get tumbled and whatever, like it's safe for the driver. But like in the car where the guy was in the safe with 190 degrees, there wasn't room for a cage. Like it was just like. I think um, he's also talking about how there's like there's motorcycles in that scene. He's like the, the the scary thing about motorcycles is there's no protection. Like you have a no. helmet, and you have you pads under your it. suit, but like other than that, like you're just you're sort of fucked. And so there is one part where I think they like hook a a quick turn, like they stop the car, and the two motorcycles like run into them or something. And yeah. one guy like they they built these pe- like foot pegs in the back of the motorcycle that they were going to supposed to like basically get on and sort of jump off as they hit so they look yeah. like they fly more but they're able to sort of more control and exactly. the one guy didn't do it in time and Ugh. got flipped and broke his shoulder when he hit the car so Jesus uh, I always wonder like how many injuries like the stunt guys get in these movies like you know everybody's always like oh they're professionals and like don't try this at home and shit but like I'm sure that they get fucked up majority of the time. Like, there's a couple, there's a couple good stunt documentaries out there. There's a good one with Zoe Bell, and she's in Death Proof. She's uh, Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh. they, it's that is a insane lifestyle for sure. I, for me, makes it all the more worthwhile. Like, yeah. you know, hearing that, knowing that, what they all went through, like, you know, watching it, it just makes it so much more enjoyable because, like, they really put their life on the line for us and like I just yeah. it's awesome and then a couple of things real quick that's sort of the bulk of it they wrecked about 200 cars in doing the scene the little girl like, there's one shot I don't know if you saw but like there's one shot where there's a bus driving down they have like the safe tumbling oh, yes. around yes. Uh, there's a little girl looking at the window that's Justin Lin's daughter that's the director's daughter oh that's really uh, cool I knew that, cool. that shot's great and that had to be I was like that has to be of someone yeah. daughter <laughs> for sure so the director's daughter and last thing is that there's one scene where like there's a uh, police SUV or something where it gets rammed and it's like rolling down the street apparently they had built in like pistons or something there's like a button in the car I guess not unlike Nas where they hit that and like it sort of launches the car up a little bit so like it, it rolls better so like as it turns and starts uh-huh. rolling like they hit the piston at the right time and it, like bounces 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 which I thought was kind of really kind of cool that is cool. Yeah, Nas comes real late into the game in this movie, huh? It's not until the yep. very end where he... When t- did they have the Nas? Oh, yeah, when he turns the safe the around and he, and yeah. he plays yep. chicken with everybody. Yeah, so, okay, so on that final bridge thing, obviously, I think this is my final note. So we know after we watch the movie that that safe is empty, right? That they had done the swap, that Giselle has yes. the, the, the safe with the safe. money in it. They're they back in the, the, the safety of their thing or whatever. Dom lets Brian go. He's like, this is always the plan. Go ahead. Yeah. In theory... Couldn't Dom leave with Brian? Like, I'm sure that there would be a cop or two that follows them, but, like, Reyes isn't chasing them to get them. Reyes is chasing them to get his money back. So if you leave the safe there... He was like, I'm going to kill you later. You know what I mean? Like, he would be like, oh, I'll get them. I'll get those damn kids one day. Right. And so you go off, maybe a cop or two follows you because they're like, you know, get that guy. But, like, you're in chargers and you're also the greatest drivers in the world, like, you're going to be able to evade these cops. I know that we want, like, a satisfying conclusion here. We want the showdown. We want Dom and, like, Brian to save Dom and, you know, Dom and Hobbs have their moment and everything, but, like, Dom could just leave, right? Like, in, in the, the, the the reality of the situation, Dom could leave and 
he probably wouldn't be pursued. Maybe Hobbs would still come after him, but like Hobbs is kind of on their side at that point. No, because Hobbs is in. Hobbs is down with him at that point. Remember, Hobbs yeah. is like, I'm in. Uh, I think it comes down to two things for me, and I noticed this the first time I watched the movie, and it turned out to sort of be a fake safe. Is it just feels like they're playing it for us, like yeah. for the audience, and I'm cool with that. I actually think that's very tricky to do as a director is to just fool the audience like that and you know because uh mia's like yeah leave the safe it's not important all that i mean they're trying to telegraph i guess in a way like there's nothing that safe is a fake but the way dom is like no nah, i'm going back i'm taking them all on and all this kind of stuff like and then to yeah, find you out don't that get he could have just you don't get the hint from the characters who know that it's a mm-hmm. fake safe so right yeah but and so then to find out after like wait a minute like something doesn't really quite add up <laughs> But I'm totally fine with it. Like, I'm so... I I buy it so much. I'm so happy for them that they pulled it off and that it was just the switcheroo. Yeah, I've honestly never even thought about how they sell us on the fake safe thing at all. Because I'm just... I'm so content with, like, it being fake and, like, we're okay with it. The other thing is, like, you have to... It has to end on that bridge. Like, Reyes has to die there. Like, they're never gonna stop. Even if they get their money back, which they won't get their money back because it's a fake safe, right? So, like, even if they get the safe, they're like, shit, it's empty. It it, it has to end now, (laughs) like, somehow, you know? So Dom is just sort of ending it, I guess. And maybe the plan was him and Hobbs were going to do this whole turnaround and they were going to execute Reyes on the bridge and Brian, you know, didn't need to be privy to that rest of the plan, but... It's a good thing he came back. Yeah. Um, Mike, do you have any thoughts about Fast Five before we uh, play our games that we want to play? This is Brazil. This is Brazil. <laughs> That's about it. In like, America. I, I hate that he throws an accent in that one. I, I <laughs> know the line, and I've heard it so many times, and we've said it so many times. And, like, when I hear it and he's like, this is Brazil, I'm like, oh, God, please don't do that. Like, he could have easily conveyed the same thing with just the, this is Brazil. Yeah, yeah. but again, you know, he's he's Hispanic. Vin yes. Diesel, Mark Sinclair, a.k.a. Vin Diesel, is Hispanic. And so I think I think he's right to do it. Plus, he's also, like, surrounded by his people. Um, I mean, it's the same thing, like, to a certain extent, like, in Cuba, in the eighth movie. Like, he's that's his home. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all... He's just a man of the people. Yeah. There's actually one last thing, and this is another, this doesn't bother me, but I just thought it was funny. You know how, so, like, at one point, they all realize they're all, like, on the most wanted list, and, like, everybody's wanted, and it's like, oh, shit, yes. like, we're all wanted now. And, and they're even, like, looking for countries with no extradition. I like how they drop Tokyo, like, like an Easter egg, like, two mm-hmm. or three times in here. They're all sitting around going, like, what you gonna do with your money? And Tej is like, I'm gonna go open a garage in America. I'm like, idiot, like, you're on the most wanted list. Like, you can't go back to America now. Like, what are you talking about? And then at the Does end... Does he say America? Well, he said back home. But my, my thing is that he already has a garage in Miami. That too. That too. Yeah. So like, he says it like his lifelong dream is to own a garage. He's like, Tej, you own a garage. Like, if he said, like, you know, now that I can't go back home, like, I want to have a garage somewhere else, like, cool, valid dream. But the fact that he's just like, you know, I've always wanted a garage back home. It's like, well, dude... You have one. We watched the second movie. We all watched the second movie. Especially since Tej in this movie says, like, you know, I had a life before you knew me, O'Connor. Like, but yeah, the life that we knew you at when we first met you, you had a garage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's weird. I mean, Suki is, you know, like, she's hanging out Bend over, boy. So I thought that was great. (laughs) I actually thought that was terrific at the end. Like, they're back in America. Like, I assume they're back in America because they don't say otherwise. No, no, they are, right? Because they have the cars and they're like, we're the only ones with these cars on this coast. Well, No, they say the Western Hemisphere. 
Oh, this hemisphere. This hemisphere. So I think okay. they're still down somewhere that's mm, not America. Okay, okay. I wish I knew for sure because I was laughing. <laughs> I was laughing so yep. hard. So we got three games to play tonight. We have the two normal games. We got Boy. We got Boy. Do we have a podcast for you? AKA this this eight no ten second yes. race. We've got our car guessing games. West side in a picture. But the first game we're going to play though, uh, Mike. I don't even know if you remember. I went to Los Angeles last week. I saw oh, five yeah. celebrities. You're going to guess who I saw. I forget who they are. Damn. Okay. I'm going to tell you two because two are not really guessable. And then the third one is it's not as big of a name. But two of these people, one especially, is like a name. My favorite podcast, Never Not Funny, they have a segment every time one of them, because they live in L.A., they podcast from L.A. And so whenever one of them in their day-to-day life sees a celebrity, it's normally on a flight or like at the movie theater or whatever, they play a game called Celebrity Sighting. And so the one person, you know, answers questions. So they'll say like, you know, is it a man? Is it a woman? Age range? Do we know them from movies? Do you know them from TV? Are they, you know, a, a musician? Are they whatever? And they just answer, yeah. like, basically yes or no like questions, questions, sort of. Yeah. Sort like of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you, you sort of guess. So it's kind of like the car game, but we're just doing it without people. Number five, the smallest celebrity I saw, he was on my, he was on my plane. The only one I actually spoke to uh, is Desmond Borges, who is uh, the second male lead on You're the Worst, which is a show that I love that I know that a lot of people don't watch. Uh, it's really great. It's on this final season right now. He was on the plane across the aisle from me. I watched an episode of the show while I was like eight feet from him, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of weird. Um, and well, then when... Did you watch it on purpose? Or no, just... it was on, I, I had I had it on my iPad. Like I had saved it to my iPad to watch because I hadn't seen it yet. And I was That's just like, douchey. you you did a you did a dumb move. But he also he couldn't put see anything it. else on besides. I watched like, everything. Hey, I watched everything out of my iPad. I just I wanted to watch that. But he also couldn't see it. <laughs> You're like tilting the screen at him. Like, hey. oh yeah, I was like I was holding up. I was like, hey, look, it's you. Um, but after we got off the plane, I was like, hey, I don't want to bother you on the plane, but like, I, you know, I, I recognize you. I think you're great in the show, whatever. He couldn't have been nicer, said hi to me, but cool. all this different stuff. Nice. So that's number five. I have guessed that. No, nobody knows who that is. Number four, also you're not going to guess just because I don't want to play a guessing game, uh, Ann Coulter, uh, Republican conservative pundit oh, no. Ann Coulter on our plane. Did so now number three... Number three yeah, is we'll just, someone we'll just who's stop. on... We'll just stop talking about... It. Yeah, I'm glad we're just like, number three! Just moving on. <laughs> just moving on. Uh, number three is someone who got on the plane very late, sat next to my boss. I, I texted my this other boss. This is a good one. And I said, does Shelly know who's next to him? And she said, no, with a, the crying laughing emoji. Like, he just has no idea. And later, it's like, do you know who you're sitting next to? And he said... It's that person from that thing, and I was like, <laughs> so maybe. But okay, so Mike, this is someone that's. It's not. This is the smallest. Uh, but of but the your three boss is like on such another level. Like he doesn't watch pop culture shows. He does. Like, he watches Star Trek. He watches the, certain. It would be a recognizable face. Like you would know. You'll know. Okay. Yeah, you know who, who this, this person, person is. is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew who this person was. Yeah. Okay. Um, are they on a primetime network show? No. So are they a movie star? No. She's, she's been in movies, but she's not. Known for movies, you said she. You already gave. I know, but oh, I, you know, so she... he, he just asked. But yeah, she's she's been in movies, but she's not known for movies. Okay, is she a comedian, like a stand-up comedian, or yeah, what? like a stand-up. Mm, no, I don't think so. I, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if she did stand-up, but she's not. Was she on SNL, for... like as a cast member? No, no. Okay, uh, is she sort of like older or younger? Probably about forty. Yeah, middle. I would have said the middle. Middle. So like a funny sort of medium my age um, yeah someone your age that's been and I also in wouldn't movies, I wouldn't focus too star. much on the funny thing not okay but she's been in movies but she's not a movie star she's not known for movies very distinct like you very recognizable yeah. daytime appearance television? wise 
No. Short? What, what, does, what does short mean? Is she short? Is she short? Yeah. Maybe. I Average or maybe a little shorter than average, but she's not. That's not a great question. No. <laughs> Go deeper physically. There's a whole wide world of, of, of certain... Uh, what of, color of hair? Not, uh, she's blonde, uh, but she's also been known to have brunette hair. Brown hair. And red. And red. <laughs> That doesn't help at all. There's a whole world of TV that you're not asking about. Like AMC? Like, on, I don't know. No? <laughs> all those. No? What's another place that News? Is she on the news? No. 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 It's not. Cable? HBO show? Nope. Closer? Warmer? It's sort of closer. Oh, gosh. Do your viewers really want to hear how long this yeah. is going to go no, on? this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> no, it's not for me. Um, give me, give me, give me a, a hint. Give me a tip. I, I want to do it. It's. I have to tell him. It's. It's a next a Netflix show. Well, she's been on multiple Netflix shows. Multiple Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Blonde and brunette and red hair. Mm-hmm. It's most mostly red to me in my head. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's sort of a it's mostly red. Yeah, like strawberry blondish. Yeah, on a new Netflix show too. She's the star of a new Netflix show. Oh, I know who it is, but I don't know. I can't remember her name. Say it. Describe her. Well, what do you know? What show she's, she's got, on? Yeah, she's on Russian Doll. Yeah, she's yeah. Yes, Natasha I love Leone. her too because, oh, American Pie. What's her name? Natasha Lyonne. She Natasha was. Uh, Leone. I mean, I most know her from. No, Orange she's not from Black. American Pie. That's not the same girl. Yeah, she's in there. Yeah, she's in American no. Pie. No, she's not the star. Oh, but she's, she's in. She's girl. in. The movie. She's in it. Yeah, she's I don't know it most girl. from that either. She was in a movie when she was way young. Oh no, she she's in, the friend. She was in. She was in But she's in Orange the New Black. Uh, with Piper, yeah. and she's also the, the star of Russian Doll. Awesome. And she was sitting next to my boss, and I was, and I don't think he knew who she was. So number two is someone that I saw at LAX, not on our flight. Joe has the suspicion that this person went to the Celebrities Lounge, because I was like, I don't know where this person went. He said, Joe said, probably went to the Celebrities Lounge. So there's a, there's like a special Celebrities Lounge at LAX where like if you're famous enough, they just like kind of shunt you to this like place that like people will leave you alone because mm-hmm. it's like it's lax and this so, person yeah. is definitely famous enough to be i forget who this was okay male or female uh male movie star uh he's been in movies not known for movies so tv or i guess mm-hmm. i don't remember so i'm guessing with you mike primetime network tv i'm gonna go the same route as the last round um not currently he was on a network show at one point let me actually oh. look up what network this hold on is it oh, ted dancing it <laughs> it's not ted dancing close you're very close. I saw actually I saw Tony Danza in an airport once. It was on yeah. It was on a network, a, a primetime network. I'm guessing it was on in primetime. He's not as, he's not as famous anymore. Yeah. He's not as famous anymore, but he's very recognizable still. Okay. Very common last name. Yeah. That's a good hint, but also doesn't tell you much. Right. It's not Tim Allen. No, just ask questions. Don't don't guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did this wrong. I, <laughs> this is, uh... So it's a last name that other famous people have. I can think of at least three famous people with the same last name. What was the show? Is that a chance? That's going to give it away. <laughs> he's like the star of a show. He's the star. He's one of the stars of an ensemble show. Saying it's one of the biggest shows of all time is way overselling it, but it's very important to a very large group of people in our age range, like between you and me. Yeah. Ask questions. There's no limit to the questions. I know. I know. Well, I'm just having trouble thinking of questions. I'm trying to give you other hints. I'm trying, brother. Dark hair. Short, dark hair. Mm-hmm. Very handsome. Very handsome. A sex icon. Really? Sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a juicy boy, for sure. He's definitely a juicy boy. <laughs> um, Still on TV. Yeah. Guys, this is, he, like, torture. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not, get, like, guesting. He's, he's on, like, pop culture recap TV now. Yeah. What the hell? He's got a whole second career 
after the show, he be, he sort of pivoted into a different thing. He became more of a personality and more of a host. Got to tell him. I feel like he's just. I feel like he hasn't worked enough for it yet. No, you got to tell him. It's Mario tell Lopez. Him. Mario Lopez. Oh, dude. Yeah, common Saved last by the name, bell? ethnic. Yeah. Yep. He's a cele- I mean, he's not like bigger than <laughs> Natasha Leone. Oh, he's he? he's absolutely bigger he's than huge. Natasha Leone. He's huge. Way no, bigger. I would like, say. He's huge. That's a sighting. He is just not on my radar at all. It should like, have been. I know. I mean, I think that maybe maybe you're like a little too old, possibly for Saved I by mean, the Bell. But like, no, I watched Saved by the Bell. But like after that, I just figured he. But he's still on like extra and oh yeah, no, he's, stuff. he's like he's still like relevant. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, yeah. he's he's big. My bad. But the number one is a legitimate uh, celebrity with a capital C. This one's really cool. Go ahead. Start with your basic ones. Yep. Okay. Male or female? He's a male. male. Um, oh, I'll give you a hint. I, I saw this person at a, a steakhouse. This is the one I put on Twitter that nobody ever guessed. So I'm at a steakhouse at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He was uh, taking a business meeting. At a steakhouse. So, like, a prestigious actor or an action star? Like, can I go We never said actor. Yeah. Is he an actor? He said celebrity. No, not really. I mean, he he maybe has been in things. He's he's on TV, but, but he's, he's definitely he's not, not an actor. actor. You wouldn't know him for like you wouldn't say like this actor. Oh, okay. So sure. he's like, is he a businessman? No. Uh, sort of now, but again, not known for being a businessman. No. Very rich. Yeah. Very, Very rich. rich. Mm-hmm. So like a like a Steve Jobs type like. Not uh, that rich. Let's. Well, okay. he's, he's he's probably close. Rich. He's pretty. He's rich. Somebody that you would have that. That would have been in your area a lot. Net worth, net worth is about three hundred million dollars. Damn, that's pretty rich. It's pretty rich. Again, juicy boy. Juice emphasis on <laughs> juicy. Yeah, emphasis emphasis on hint. juice. Juicy boy. Is he a um, recording artist? Uh, no. no. Like musician? Although he is no. affiliated with one. I don't know what that means. No, he's not. Hold on. I'm going to text you, Joe. <laughs> if Mario Lopez was a juicy boy. This is this is a juicy boy. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's a Philly, he's, he's very closely <laughs> dated, affiliated. Wait, dated no, wait, someone wait, wait, with wait. Mario Lopez's last name. Juicy boy? You didn't see OJ at no. the steakhouse, did you? He said, and he told though. me that he did it. You're in a better realm. You are in a better so, realm. Is he an athlete? He's an athlete. Yes. Baseball? Yep. Yes. National League or American League? Dated someone with Mario Lopez's last name. American League all the way. Dated someone with the last name Lopez, so... That's a fucking huge hint. Yeah, that should just give but it to you. But you know, like, just because I'm the sports consultant on the network doesn't mean, like... No, I but you're you're they... a person living in the world. <laughs> also dated many other very attractive women. Yeah. It was known for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge, huge sports star. Yeah. Huge baseball star. Like, huge. Like, top tier. Not like... Not like was it? Can I can I take a name guess? Sure, name go guess? for it. Was it was it Jeter? No, but you're not yeah. cl- you're not far off. You're very close. Oh boy, very limited. Sort of no, but you have very a- close. You have absolutely, like th- without a doubt, you know this person. Jeez. Okay. Why would they be taking a meeting at a steakhouse at three in the afternoon? Why not? No, don't don't get don't dwell on baseball that. Baseball player. Don't dwell on that. Baseball player. Very close to Derek Jeter. Juicy boy. Juicy boy. Dating uh, a singer with with uh, Mario Lopez's last name. Is he a singer or perhaps a guitar player? No, he's not Bernie uh, Williams. Okay. <laughs> Bernie Williams is also not like a celebrity that I would be like, he no, would not know, be above Mario Lopez I, on the scheme. I'm just trying to think of Yankees that I know. Is he a Yankee? He was at one point. He <laughs> was a Yankee? Is it, it wasn't, was it Keith Hernandez? He's Don't think Met. he was ever How a Yankee. He was a Met. Oh my. Mike, you, you were so close. Like, Joe has given you so, so many close. hints. 
Uh, if I'm just so close, just give it to me. Just no. dated Jennifer Lopez. He's, dating, he's currently dating Jennifer Lopez. Oh, I well, I thought she was still married. So guys, I'm out of that loop. I don't, I don't oh, know. J Lo is married or dating. He signed two of the five most expensive, most lucrative contracts in baseball in baseball history. Okay, he was suspended <laughs> for an entire season for performance enhancing drugs. The Juicy Boy. Oh, okay. He's um, literally a is juicy it A-Rod? boy. Was yeah, Arod. Yeah, oh, shit. Yes, it was. <laughs> he walked in. Dude, that's a big athlete. He walked in, and I said to Alexis, "I was like, is that Arod?" She's like, "Yeah." And so I just was doing everything in my power to not stare at him because I was just like, "You should have grabbed his leg and like held his ankle, just let him drag you across the steakhouse well, when, floor." When he was leaving, Shelly was like, "Are you going to go over and say?" Hello, and I was like, I can't do that. He's like, Well, no, you could. I just would make fun of you for the rest of time. <laughs> um, so I didn't. When I saw him, I was just like, Oh my god, like that was enough. And then we saw Mario Lopez, and then we saw immediately after that we saw Aaron is cool, you know, Ann Coulter, and then we saw on the plane Natasha Leo and Desmond Borges. I was just like, Jesus, like that's hit after hit. You're in L.A., man. Yeah, that's what happens. Wow, man, you're gonna have to cut that down for your listeners. Nope, gonna leave it all in awkwardly and uncut. Oh, unbelievable, guys. <laughs> You just you just want to cut so that it doesn't so that so that everybody else isn't yelling a rod staggeringly the whole time. bad at that game, Mike. But I you know it's it's okay. So we're gonna you're gonna have a chance to make up for it because you're gonna guess now. Or do you want to do you want to guess or do you want to be on my side giving clues, clues. about the the doesn't car? matter. I, I think I give this time. I think okay. I tried guessing last time. Yeah, you were you were doing switching too. Unless you do you want to redeem yourself by guessing here? Not necessarily <laughs> tonight. I think I'll wait until next time. Wes sent in three pictures of this car. It's three different. Okay, give me the color. Well, it's three different ones, so hold on. Let me text these three to Mike. Hang on. Give me the three colors of the color. Oh, absolutely. Hold on. Thanks. One of the pictures is called BigRed.jpg, so one is red. One is red, okay. Uh, one is like a dark blue, like a turquoise, and one is like a light blue, like a maybe a cobalt. Okay. Let me actually see what, if cobalt is the right color. Uh, yeah, well, a little is bit. It, is, it, is it a movie from, is it a car from Fast and Furious movies? Oh, um, nice car. Do you know what? Do you know what that car is without uh, me telling you what it is, Mike? Or no? I think. Yeah. Don't say yeah. it out loud because that's the whole point of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Is it in a Fast and Furious movie? Uh, so he says this this week's car was inspired by one of the silliest F and F side characters ever. Inspired. Yes. This is someone that I won't go into depth here, but it's someone okay. that Wes has taught. He's emailed us about. Okay. This person drove what's apparently a very famous version of this in a movie. In one of the movies in this, in this franchise, though we don't ever get to see him behind the wheel. Um, his car is called Big Red, and it's been around since 1988 and has a top speed around 251 miles per hour. Um, so it's American. Yeah. It's produced from... Is it the, it's the guy from the last movie that talks in the third person. Yes, I think so. I think we're talking about... We're talking about Joe Dirt? Yes. Dwight, yes. Played by Dwight. Greg Sipes or is he? Does he have a vet? Uh, no, but you're very, very close. Brother... A, one of my brothers once owned... A car. Is it a Camaro? It's a Chevy Camaro. Built by Chevy, nice. produced from 66 to 2002, and again from 2009 to the present. This is a first-generation model. That's probably enough. Joe should be able to figure it out pretty easily, I would guess. Camaros aren't exactly could... hard to find in pop culture. Nope. So let me put these three pictures These are here. some buttes, too. My brother had a white Camaro with a red interior, and I think it Ooh. was an 83 or 4? I don't know what year it was exactly, but it was cherry. Yeah, I love yeah, Cherry Darling. Camaros are really cool. Exactly. The cool thing about these cars is, like, there was a point in time where these cars were, like, fucking dirt cheap. And if you would have just bought a mountain of them and just, like, parked them in a lot somewhere, you'd be, like, a billionaire now. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you would have just, like, kept, like, a whole bunch of these cars and just, like, didn't touch them. Well, you know, like, today I just saw a, a news story that, like, a sealed 
box of first edition Pokemon cards sold for seventy-eight thousand dollars. Really? Like, like a Whoa. box of packs, like like the thirty-six packs in the like box a booster pack, booster yeah. pack box, first edition, still sealed, um, sold for seventy-eight thousand dollars, and like. I got one of those for Christmas when I was little. Oh, you did? Because and you opened them immediately. Of course. Because it was, I remember very specifically because this was really before, I think really kind of before eBay or eBay wasn't really where we, where, like where people's minds went when they wanted to buy things. And I remember I still yeah. needed, I had the entire set because I didn't have Nido King. Like Nido King was the one I needed. And my yeah. dad just like, fuck it, here's a box. Like there's gotta, there's gotta be one in here. And there was. And you had first editions. Oh yeah. My, I have an entire first edition set, I think. I think. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I did that. When I was a kid, it was like garbage pail kids. Like I remember that. And now like a first wow. edition box of that shit is like thousands of dollars and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I have, a, I have that's a lot crazy. of first edition, uh, Wizards of the Coast cards, but you know, you know what's, you know what, uh, you know what's actually worth a lot now that's like, kind of like what happened with comic books because like actually hold on mike can you you, you're sort of buzzing a little bit i don't know if it's the power i don't know if it's the cable or what but oh yeah so things nowadays that are worth money like comic books because they only made so many of them are certain video games which i found surprising like yeah like toe jam mineral or whatever like not just like complete in box either like actual cartridges of certain games run a lot and i was like wow if i still had all my own nintendo games i'd be well just uh (laughs) last month someone sold a sealed version of the first Super Mario Brothers, like mint in box first, like sealed uh, pristine condition for a hundred grand. Damn, that's insane, dude. So that's I so I, I still have, like my dad kept all the boxes for all of our like video game systems, so I still have oh, all those. Keep them. But God. they're not like, it's not new in box, it's just like, you know, it's sort of yeah, complete exactly. or whatever. Okay. Still good. Last game that we have on the show here, this oh, ain't fuck, no I 10 forgot. second race, aka boy do we have a podcast Should I Should you. I use my one yes. from earlier? Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to review last month's guesses. So first up, I took the Stefano DLC, who tweeted, there's no excuse now, give me resurrected Han and Giselle now, cyborgs, cyborgs, clones, vampires, or zombies, I don't care. We have cyborg, supervillain, Idris Elba, now the gates are open. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing. Okay. Next up, Joe, you found Harperfect, or Harperfect... Fast and Furious actors yeah. I want to see in 9 and 10, Ted Levine, Ja Rule, Ava Mendes, David Aoki, blah, 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 blah. Actors I don't want to see, Iggy Azalea. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? No response. Mm. Now, this is one that we got, I think, sort of while we were recording last time. It wasn't, I don't know if I made note of it, but Mike found, once tweeted, twice shy, I really liked the Fast and Furious franchise. One, for the men, two, for the cars, three, the music, four, the women who drive and kick ass and aren't helpless screaming passengers who need to be rescued. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Liked and replied and said, wicked. Ooh. So, Mike, you get six points, so you are now jumping all the way in the second place, surpassing me. Joe has 14, you have seven, I have five. Chris podcasts oh, with one. Damn. That just turned my whole mood around from the last game that I bombed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got more celebrities you guess, Mike. Let's do it. Just no. kidding. Just kidding. All right, so Fast Five here. I found my tweet first. I'm going to do this now, so I don't want you guys to steal it. Go ahead. It was just tweeted five minutes ago. Putting oh, no, it in here. Mine earlier. From Norm in AHFM. Don't know how to say that. Faith, lightning emoji, bumblebee emoji, wine popping emoji, wave, wave emoji, black heart emoji. This is going to be the cross I die on, you guys. Han and Giselle from the Fast and Furious deserved better crying face. Currently on an emotional roller coaster after watching the first six movies, now up to the seventh, knowing damn well Paul Walker isn't alive. Hugh, wow. I am going to cry my eyes out. Faith is a new fan. Boy, do we have a <laughs> podcast for you. Sent. 
Damn. All right, Joe and Mike, give me your links, and I will uh, let you guys okay. read them. Oh, I don't have a link. Hold on, let me. Here. I have to find mine. I'm going to so go with go this next. one. I'll go. With, I had a couple from earlier. I think I'm going to go with this one. All right, Mike. Uh, good luck saying this person's name because I don't know how you say it, but uh, I think it's Xavier Rene Payton, uh, and then a square, like an actual square, like the shape. Oh no, it's not a square. That's an emoji that you don't see. It's a uh, a freezing. Uh, Face covered in icicles emoji. Oh, okay. And then it's at Papizaye. Papizaye. And it says, Hey, at Netflix, can you please add more Fast and the Furious movies? Thanks. Because I really, have to clean. second that very much. There's only three yeah. of them up there as of last count. Three more of them. I cool. agree. And Joe, did you find okay. your link yet? I found mine. Okay. I sent this to you guys earlier. I, I made a joke that they both laughed oh, at. Oh, is this why you said this sense. at the top of the show? <laughs> yes. <came> on. <laughs> I chose at Kylie Jean, my free cams. Um, oh well, it's MFC. Like, girl. if you don't know, it's MFC, but my free cams, yes. Yeah, Cam MFC. And her tweet is just, why does every podcast claim they're the number one podcast? T-H-E-I-R. Crying face. Yeah. But, like, laughing, crying. Laughing, crying. Welp, we are... I'm going to claim that we're the number one Fast and the Furious cyclical infinity going podcast ever. So, boy, she's... do we have a podcast for Kylie Jean. I'm trying to see if she's ranked on My Free Cams, and she's not, I don't think. Born and raised in the city of sin, visit me online and share new ideas, new video ideas with me, idea apostrophe S. Thank you for believing <laughs> in me, XO. I actually kind of hope that Kylie doesn't listen because I've shit talked her grammar a couple times but Kylie boy do we have a podcast for you she would have to make it like two hours into this episode <laughs> I know you know whoa oh here's an idea also just saying Kylie's Kylie's Twitter page is not safe for work yeah do so. not go there how many cam boys or cam girls do you think record podcasts and release them while they're camming like just the audio of it well so like no I'm, I'm thinking like not that you're recording what's going on and releasing that as a podcast but i'm saying you're actively recording a podcast on air while naked or whatever um and then releasing like you're sort of like like it'd be like if if we filmed us like if we were yeah. you know hot cam girls filming us doing this and releasing that but it was part of our stream that like people well, could watch like us that's a whole that's, that's so a whole revenue stream on Twitch, right? Is naked gamer girls and guys and stuff. Like, I don't think you can be whole... naked on Twitch. I think I think they got rid of it. Oh, then they yeah, I don't got think you can be it, naked anymore. I just assumed that there's a lot of naked gamers out there. There used that to be pay to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a there's a lot of cam girls that became Twitch streamers. Yeah. And now they just like, you know, Twitch stream in clothes and they say they make more money. Yeah, don't go don't go to Kylie's page if you're not sure that what you'll see. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I think that was a good round of, uh, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Hopefully, you know, I'm able to retake Mike. Because, I, I mean, Mike's been on a lot of episodes, it. but I've still been on more episodes, and I can't be yeah, not a lot second. More. I know. And you're going to be good. on more later. And I'll, I'll be, you know, I only have a short reign here, so i got to rack up as many points as possible. It's true. we got to build the score, man. I mean, yeah, Brian's been on two episodes, board. and he has zero, so... You know, I can take a little bit of solace in that. But thank you, Mike, for joining us here on Fast Five. We'll be back in two weeks, of course, for Fast and Furious 6, heading up to London, England, for a nice cuppa with Owen Shaw and Gina Carano, <laughs> that whole crew up there, the, the bozo. Bob's your uncle. Um, so thank you for joining us. and uh, Thank you, guys. Check out every Friday. Mike and I have the Tom Tom Club, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. 
Um, Fridays are for fun. This week, as you're listening to this, is All the Right Moves, the Cruise Club episode about... Uh, we gave you a shout-out, Joe. It's a Pittsburgh oh, cool. high school football movie where Tom Cruise plays a defensive back and gets a pick six in the game, so... Uh, big what school moves. is it? Like, where are they at? What, what Ampipe, they? They which say? I think is a fictional town, what? I'm guessing, because it's like... It's what do you say? Ampipe, A-M-P-I-P-E. Yeah, I don't think that's right. Because it's, it's named after, like, American Pipe Mill or whatever. Like, it's just supposed to be, like, a blue-collar Yinzer town. Okay. So, but yeah, so uh, we gave you a shout-out because you are a resident Yinzer, just like Mike is our resident historian. Should it should Oh, speaking of which, did you guys see Gritty fly from the top of the arena I was there like an angel you were there I was there oh I was so there glad live. you were there <laughs> I literally saw it we were like what the fuck is going on and he was on top of the arena and he was like right up and to my right and he just came down I saw it it was really cool. Well, for all things gritty and all things too fast, too forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Thank you for, if you made it to the end, thank you for making it to the end of this very long episode. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash too fast, too forever. Um, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever. Please. Uh, five stars, please. Uh, you know, we podcast like the wind blows. Whatever you want to say. Tell us the fuck off. Help us become... Let's make Joe not be a liar. Help us become the number one Fast and Furious podcast by giving us great reviews. We're the number one cyclical, two typical host Fast and Furious podcast that will loop with reruns in between and fan fiction. We're the number one of those podcasts. That's a very wide net that you you cast there. But yeah, we are definitely number one in that... uh, and that demo. <laughs> we are. That also has tune-ups, recap, relapse. Exactly. So yeah, so cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, facebook.com slash too fast too forever. Email family at cageclub.me, patreon.com slash too fast too forever. Leave us reviews, say hi. Thank you for listening. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was resident historian Mike Manzi, the Mikester. And we'll see you in two weeks for Fast and Furious 6 right here on Too Fast, Too Forever.